0: Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by Cycle CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at FreeTalkLive.com and enjoy the features on the site completely free. So uh, head over there and do that. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And Mark's still out uh, out for the remainder of the week through, I think he's coming back on Saturday. So we're actually, by the way, going to be live on Christmas Day, as well as Christmas Eve, so be sure you stick with us all week long. Here, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one allows you to take control of the airwaves, as we like to say. Coming up, Wayne, you're going to tell us about the former UK drug czar who has come out of the closet—not as a gay man, but which maybe is—I don't know—but uh, but coming out uh, for the legalization. Of all drugs, all drugs, yeah, and that's uh, way better than just coming out for pot, which you know some people, some politicians will find the courage to do. We'll touch uh, back on that here in a little bit. But I mentioned I want to get to something I mentioned last night, and we never had a chance to uh, to get to, and that's a piece from Time Magazine about the oil spill. Whatever happened to the Gulf oil spill? Sam and I touched on the Gulf oil spill last night when we were talking, and I mentioned that I remember reading an article. Actually, it was from Time where they talked about how the environmental impact wasn't as significant as some of the people were clamoring about. Uh, they were, you know, obviously it was the largest oil leak or spill or whatever you want to call it ever. But at the same time, the impact for different reasons wasn't as as uh, calamitous as it was made out to be. And I think they touch on that here in, in this piece. But, I,
1: I want to qualify something real quick. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother and I talk sometimes about stocks and what to buy. And in the past, he's he's watched TV and they've recommended a stock he's bought. He's gotten burned. And so I said, you know, when you watch these shows, um, just do the opposite of what they say. And the same thing with Time Magazine. When I hear stuff in Time Magazine, I tend to believe just the opposite, especially when they're really trying to stress a point because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're corporate media. So um, I understand you want to go through this story, but true. But don't you think that Time Magazine would take, if they could, wouldn't they
0: take a very pro-environmental position? Not necessarily, because they're, they're going to take a benefit the
1: state. They're going to take a pro-state position.
0: But doesn't the uh, taking the environmental position benefit the state by the point that uh, if they blow this out of proportion, if they assist in blowing this out of proportion? Uh, then that gives the you know the state the further justification the people would believe that this is really ter- you know terrible and bad and that uh, something needs to be done and that the state is the answer that more regulation is the answer and that and indeed they may posit the idea that you know the regulators failed in this in this mm-hmm. piece uh, but you know the, the, to put the the fear out there about this issue wouldn't that help the state? That's why I find this interesting because it is coming from a corporate, you know, media source. Obviously, a lot of the stuff we talk about does. Um, but on up, the other hand, it doesn't seem to be the most state bolstering position to me.
1: Yeah, well, let's read through it. But that, I just wanted to bring that up in the beginning because that's when I hear Time Magazine. That's the first thing I think. Yeah, right. But let's see what happens. Maybe they'll maybe they'll, they'll tell, tell the truth here.
0: Back in May, this uh, according to Brian Walsh. I met the CEO of a major environmental group for coffee in Washington. This was a few weeks after BP's Deepwater Horizon rig had exploded, but before the oil had really made landfall along the coast. The country's attention was focused on the spill, and anything seemed possible. No one knew exactly how much oil was leaking every day. The government said perhaps 5,000 barrels a day, but independent academics reported it could be far more models showed that currents might be able to take the oil slick east all the way around florida striking the keys miami beach and eventually much of the east coast and fishermen in louisiana and hotels in alabama uh, and the mississippi were already panicking over a lost summer the environmental ceo was obviously worried about the impact of the spill on the people and the ecology of the gulf coast and he was angry about the non-existent government regulation that had failed to stop the accident now of course, We remember the stories about how the government regulators, well, they were supposed to be uh, inspecting the rigs, but Mm -hmm. they were doing crank off uh, a toaster or something like that and sleeping with one another uh, instead of actually doing the inspections that they were supposed to do. Not that I support government inspections. I support third-party private certifiers, and it's important to explain why that would have helped in this situation. Uh, When you've got a government inspector, they aren't liable for their actions, if the government inspector comes along and instead of actually inspecting the oil rig uh f's the head officer of the rig and does crank off a hunting knife in the you know the bedroom of uh, this guy then there's nothing that can be done about that besides a little smack on the hand for the government bureaucrat if they get caught doing that and essentially you know they they're leaving their duties they're 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 not doing what they're supposed to do in the private marketplace if you've got an insurer that is backing up one of these multi-million dollar rigs. I don't know how much these things cost, but they're not cheap. Not cheap to build, not cheap to maintain. If you've got a private insurer that's sending inspectors around who are effing around on the job and they're not getting the inspections done... They get then, fired. Right. There's some real accountability there. There's Because the ins- the insurance company, it's in their best interest to check up on their inspectors because mm-hmm. they want to make sure that... Well, the uh, the rigs they're insuring are up to spec, and if the inspectors aren't doing their jobs, there's no way they can know that, and therefore they're putting their money at risk by the insurance policy for somebody that's screwing off. And that's just not acceptable. The people that are investors in that uh, insurance group are not going to be not going to be cool with that. So that's an important uh, distinction to to make. So while I'm against government regulation, I'm in favor of third-party protection and certification and things like that.
1: And if we assume that regulation is the way to go, then these regulators weren't regulating, which is often nope. what happens. That's right. And, and they actually, get bought
0: off or whatever.
1: Yeah, and Ron Paul actually got criticized the other day for saying that, that the, they didn't need regulators in banking, just law and order. Well, this is a, another example of you need law and order. You don't need regulators.
0: So, uh, the CEO was angry about the so-called non-existent government regulation, which is, you know, that's just not a true statement. Meaning, that statement really means that the government regulators who did exist weren't doing their job. So, therefore, the regulation was non-existent because they weren't doing their jobs. It's a tricky way to say it. Yes. But he also saw an opportunity. The oil spill would show Americans in sticky, visceral detail the true costs of their energy policy, just as earlier disasters like the 1969 Santa Barbara spill had mobilized the environmental movement, the Gulf spill would motivate support for new legislation mm-hmm. to curb carbon emissions. Ah, how does that have to do with anything? When well, that's that was my, the point I was making by you know the idea that Time Magazine is is critical of the environmental impact shows they're not totally backing the state on this because to back the environmental impact claims is to essentially back more environmental regulation or in this case the uh, the carbon stuff. So he said this to the reporter, when the TV cameras show oil hitting Miami by the end of the summer, it's going to change a lot of minds, said the CEO. Fast forward to six months later, the carbon cap and trade bill just being introduced in the Senate back in May has died without a vote. The presidential moratorium on new deep water drilling was lifted early this fall before the official government report on the causes of this bill even came out. Congress never managed to pass legislation that would have overhauled drilling safety, nor did it make any new laws that would have helped move the country off fossil fuels. After the midterm elections, which swept Republicans into the House and weakened Democrats' hold over the Senate, the chances of tough climate and energy legislation seems remote. And the oil spill itself, so white hot during much of the summer, seems to have
1: vanished entirely from the media's attention. But there are a few things that have happened as a result of that oil spill, or whatever you want to call it. It was really a well blowout. Yeah. But, but for one, a lot of the rigs now, even though the moratorium is over, the rigs are off in Brazil now. They're, a lot of the rigs are gone, and you really? need to have the rigs in order to drill. And second, that, that um, dispersant that they use, that chemical dispersant that they use, is actually a bigger problem than the oil spill itself, because mm. the oil disperses and is, is evaporated and everything. When, when, by using that dispersant, they actually create a bigger problem, because it made the oil sink to the bottom, stay down low, Uh oh. and, and it, it's poison. So it's getting in all the shellfish, and there's a lot of people uh, being sick from it. Eating be, that. Eating it, and, mm. and also a lot of the fishermen, a lot of the cleanup workers are being poisoned by the dispersant, not the oil. They're bleeding from their noses and from their... Uh, um, oh, boy. Yeah, it's really bad stuff. So, so throw, throw two chemicals into the,
0: uh, the Gulf of Mexico
1: rather than just one, right? Exactly. The, the oil is still organic. Still, it still comes from the ground, it and it does yeah. get absorbed over time. In fact, oh, the oil spill up in Alaska that everybody, all the environmentalists were so upset about, that just, after a while, was absorbed, a lot of the, the damage. So we'll
0: come back with more here of what happened to the oil spill. Where did it go? Uh, what happened to the coverage Everybody seems to have forgotten about it. 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. 800-259-9231. You can bring up anything. That's why we call it Free Talk Live. this is free talk live you dial in toll free take control of the airwaves bring up anything at 800-259-9231 that's the sacral cai toll free line 1-800-259-9231 you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com we have a lot of features there for you and we give them to you including our bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners right there over at bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, and it's totally free, like the rest of the features on our website. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And if you are looking for the perfect treat to bring to this year's holiday party, you need to know about George's famous baklava. All right, I know it's two days before Christmas, but you still need to know, or three days, uh, you still need to know about George's famous baklava because it's absolutely outstanding. Um, And it's good any old time of the year. Do you have any more of it in your freezer? Yes, Wayne. Would you like some? Yes. All right. We'll do that later. Uh, com. right now for you to go get some. I mean, everybody is crazy about this stuff. Me being one of them. Yeah. It's, uh, it's George's famous baklava. It's a walnut pastry with over 50 layers of melt-in-your-mouth phyllo. All of the ingredients are premium. <laughs> For those of you that aren't watching the cam, Wayne started making five symbols. Were you counting to fifty with your hands? Yes, Is that what you were doing. Yeah, um, times ten. So all of the ingredients are premium and natural to ensure only the best taste. It's the perfect treat for any holiday party with friends, family, or coworkers gfb is shipped in a special container priority mail so it gets to you fast fresh and delicious order by tuesday december 21st that was yesterday so too late there forgot about lovers <laughs> to too it, by the way to get it in time for christmas but uh, so you can still get it in time for new year's if you order it now at mandrick.com this would be a perfect thing for like a new year's eve party it would be great It'd be good for a lover, a girlfriend, wife. You'd definitely get lucky if you'd brought home some of that. It's You know what? You might be right about that because it really, it's delicious. I recommend it. Mandrick.com. That's Mandrick with no dot M-A-N-D-R-I-K.com. So we're going to continue talking about the, uh, the Gulf oil spill here and what happened to it. The Time Magazine is reporting uh, with uh, Brian Walsh is writing here t- talking about how he was inter- interviewing this environmental CEO and the CEO was... On one hand, upset about the the oil spill, but on the other hand, very uh, joyous in the fact that this is going to show Americans that we need more government control of everything. And as is pointed out here, and it seems to be pointed out in kind of this – regretful manner that the presidential moratorium on deep water drilling was lifted earlier this fall and the carbon cap and trade bill has died without a vote and congress never managed to pass legislation that would have overhauled drilling safety etc etc as though you know more government is needed and look at all this you know the government has failed at at, uh, at creating more controls and more regulation dog on it and of course uh drilling would is i'm sure plenty safe without congress's intervention
1: well also when Um, you say drilling there there's onshore drilling and then there's deep water drilling and then there's something in between mm -hmm. and the reason why they've had to resort to deep water drilling in some cases is that there's so much regulation close to the shore that they've had to go out farther and farther Well, they can't even drill in the united states right i mean they many places are have forbidden that yeah so there's there's a lot of places off the shore of california that that are forbidden in florida as well
0: so, uh, you know, the, the, the industry can handle its own safety requirements. In this case, the inspector wasn't doing its job, and the inspector is the U.S. government. So, as we were talking about before, it would make more sense to get the government out of this world and allow them to police themselves and come up with their own standards and but have be, the third-party service. But
1: be fully liable. With no, the government has also capped the liability You're of right. the oil company.
0: Great point. I think it was only capped at like $75 million. Yeah, it was a joke. When you, could That's do bil- jump when, you, when
1: you could do billions in damage. So, right. you know, the oil companies should be able to regulate themselves, but they should also be fully um, liable if they make a mistake.
0: That's a great suggestion. So. What happened? Asks Time Magazine. Well, some lucky breaks helped or hurt, depending on your perspective. Even though more oil was spilled by the Deepwater Horizon than any other event in U.S. history, 4.9 million barrels by the government's most recent estimate, it happened more than 40 miles into the Gulf, meaning that much of the oil had evaporated or been digested by bacteria by the time the first patches reached the marshes of southern Louisiana. A spill closer to the shore might have left the wetlands drenched, like the shores of Prince William Sound after the Exxon Valdez spill. The Gulf Coast was also lucky it was never hit by a major hurricane this season. A storm at the wrong place and wrong time could have pushed waves of oil up onto the land. Mm -hmm. The result was that while scientists are hesitant to make any conclusions yet, the spill didn't destroy the vulnerable Louisiana wetlands to the degree that the environmentalists had feared. Uh, The impact of the spill on the Gulf itself on the aquatic uh, aquatic ecosystem and the fish and the fishermen that depend on it it's much less clear some scientists have said there's a great deal of oil still suspended in the depths of the gulf even on the seafloor mm-hmm. but a coast guard report released on december 17th found there wasn't enough left to bother recovering We may not be able to assess the impact on fisheries for years. Certain species in Prince William Sound seemed healthy for a couple of years after the Valdez spill, only to eventually collapse. But the reports, uh, early reports, are mixed. It's even possible that the effective moratorium on most fishing in the Gulf as a result of the spill may have even given some widely hunted species a chance to bounce back. But while the economic impact on hundreds of thousands of Gulf Coast residents has been immense, the spill itself began to recede from national attention well before its true scope was known. And the damage, or lack of it, doesn't explain why the spill had so little impact on the politics of energy and climate. And that's explained by politics Unlike 1969 or even 89, the environment isn't the bipartisan issue it once was. Like so much else, it's now split down the aisle, with most Democrats favoring action and nearly all Republicans steadfastly opposing it. Any idea that the oil spill would somehow have changed that probably... Any idea that the oil spill would somehow, would have somehow changed, that probably died the day Republican Representative Joe Barton apologized to the CEO for the White House's supposed shakedown in securing a $20 billion fund from the company to pay for the spill damages. The spill wasn't horrible enough to jolt the country into action on energy and climate, but I'm not sure anything would have been enough. Not with the current gridlocked political climate and not with the headlock oil and gas has over certain parts of the country. When I traveled down to Louisiana to report on the spill, I was shocked to find that most locals, as angry as they were over the disaster itself, were angrier with President Obama over the drilling moratorium. But it shouldn't have come as a surprise. A report from the Federal Reserve found that oil and gas accounted for 6.5% of Louisiana's revenue, more than five times the national average. To oppose the oil industry in Louisiana is a political death sentence, which is why Democratic senator and Republican senator whoever were united in their insistence on lifting the moratorium as soon as possible. So you you do have a definite pro-state viewpoint coming here from this article, Wayne, Mm -hmm. where – the author is saying, you know, woe is us that the politicians weren't able to come to some new conclusion on this and, and create a new piece of legislation as though that would somehow fix
1: whatever the problem was. It, al- it also panders to Obama's political base, so to speak, because uh, they, the, the, what they don't want is they don't want to uh, tick off his base further because if if, it's, if it comes out how bad it is, then, of course, it's Obama's fault because it was under his watch so in in a way it's also protective of o- obama uh with his his political base which is th- these uh, this the extreme environmental movement that wants all these mm-hmm. things
0: that's left environmental groups glum this holiday season. If the Gulf spill won't alter our relationship with the oil, what will? Perhaps only one thing, cost. The only recent time we seemed close as a country to changing the way we use energy was in 2008 when gas prices skyrocketed past $4 a gallon. And those days may be coming back. Gas is nearly $3 a gallon. Last time I looked, it was over 3 And oil is creeping towards $100 a barrel as the global economy gets up off the floor. Well, one point that he's certainly not touching on here is that the oil prices are incredibly subsidized. Mm -hmm. And he's right that cost will change how people behave when it comes to energy and what they use. We can talk more about that and the subsidies the oil business receives because it's trillions of dollars worth. Free Talk
2: have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, so enjoy those on us. And if you want to help the show out, you can do that by shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Just enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the purchase price. Now it's too late to get stuff delivered for Christmas, but it's not too late to shop because there's always stuff there a whole bunch of items, dozens of categories, great prices. It's Amazon, you know them. Go ahead and start your shopping experience through Amazon.freetalklive.com and get the stuff you need, get the stuff you want, and help Free Talk Live out at the same time because we get a cut of the sale. Oh, by the way, you want to get the la- uh, some of the latest liberty oriented news? Go to freedomsphoenix.com. They're uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies, and you can get it every single day. Always fresh news up there, and it's real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship we have with coercive governments. Up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. You can go now to freedomsphoenix.com and get signed up for their daily dispatch. That's freedomsphoenix.com. So uh, we're going to continue here, at Wayne. We were talking about the the Gulf oil spill and sharing a piece from Time magazine that kind of speculates aloud as to, well, doggone it, why couldn't something happen as to the you know the government? They just did nothing, which is sometimes what the government does. Sometimes mm. they, they don't act uh, very quickly when people would like them to
1: act quickly. And they bungle things a lot.
0: Yep. and And they bungled in the case of the oil spill. It was government bungling that led to this but it's not that the time magazine is pointing that out they're pointing out that they think more government uh, in- involvement is necessary as though another layer of watchers is going to help the existing watchers this was a problem that the commies had where mm-hmm. you know there was one uh, layer of police for another layer of police and so on and so forth i mean how many times do you hire a new bureaucracy to watch another bureaucracy to make sure that they're staying you know staying within the lines And if the first bureaucracy was subject to corruption, what makes you think the second group of bureaucrats won't be subject to
1: corruption? Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing with Wall Street, too. With all the corruption on Wall Street, uh, they're saying we need more regulators or the regulators need to do a better job. Right. and, And it doesn't work.
0: Well, if they were to, as the article here would suggest, have some sort of legislation passed... That would at least give the government their favorite ability to bat- pat themselves on the back and pretend like they've done something. In this case, they can't even do that. In this case, there was a deadlock or the the, the politics essentially resulted in the oil companies getting their moratorium on the drilling repealed. And so the environmentalists will look at that and they'll say, well, that's, that's terrible news. The government didn't do what they, what they should have done. But even if they actually did do something, even if they did pass some kind of legislation – that would just be a PR stunt because mm-hmm. nothing would actually change in the same way that the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, isn't significantly changed since Katrina, even though they've he- they, what they did was publicly replace the head officer of it, as though that is going to change how the bureaucracy works or change the incentives or the backwards incentives that apply to government bureaucracy. It doesn't do anything. It just changes out the figurehead, but it does give them the ability to say, look – We've done something.
1: There's also another important distinction here, and that's environmentalism, because I I think I can speak for you in saying that you and I are both environmentalists, but we're not statist environmentalists. We believe I
0: like trees,
1: right? I I like clean air, clean water. Yeah, but but the best way to approach a clean environment is to be is done in a decentralized way using private property and, and the marketplace. Oh absolutely. My belief and I know yours is too whereas a lot of people who call themselves it's environmentalists belief, want it's to stack up. It's backed yeah. up by evidence. Sure. Sure, but, but a lot of these people who call themselves environmentalists want the state to be the, the arbiter of, of who's polluting and who isn't and punish the, these people who are.
0: Right, because they believe violence solves problems and they believe that the state is effective. When it can get down and do what it needs to do, the state is the tool. you know. It's actually a tool of violence, and they don't understand that that tool, that violence, has unintended consequences that in many cases create the opposite of their of what they are intending to do, and that is help the environment. So you put the government in charge of it, well, it turns out the government doesn't have the right incentives in the same way that the government inspectors on the oil rig didn't have the right incentives to actually get the inspections done. The government land managers don't have the right, inspect, uh, don't have the right incentives to uh, take care of the land that they're supposed to take care of. Dr. Mary Ruart in her book Healing Our World talks about this. To a great extent Mm -hmm. about how the government land managers are more interested in leasing out the land for short-term profit rather than thinking about the long-term options of taking care of it. And then they lease out this land or a swath of ocean or whatever it is they're leasing out. They lease it out to uh, these companies. And the companies don't care because they don't own it. They'll come in and they'll strip mine it, or they'll they'll cut all the trees down, or whatever, and they'll destroy the environmental uh, aspects of that uh, that property. And nobody cares. Nobody, you know, just it just goes over, and that's that. That's that. Nobody even pays attention to it. And it's happening all over the place. In most of the places where you have the strip mining and things like that, in a lot of cases you're going to find that it's actually government property that's been leased to a private company, not the private company's own private land.
1: And then when you consider that the federal government is probably the largest polluter in the world, so oh, how yeah. so how in the world is the largest polluter in the world going to, to regulate polluters? It's so ludicrous.
0: But they don't think about these things, Wayne. They don't, they don't know about this stuff. The, the environmentalists, they don't know that. All they know is what they were taught in school. Which, of course, was government school. And what we were taught in school was, and I don't remember if I had to do this, but I know they do it today, where you're in elementary school and the assignment is, okay, kids, you're the president. What law would you pass? (laughs) And it's that mindset of, well, if you were in charge, what would you do? That's what the government allows you to do. If you can get your people in charge, you can do anything. It's like magic. Just pass a law, and the environment will be cleaned up. Just pass a law, and the corporations will be whipped into shape. Of course, ignoring the fact that corporations are created by the government. That limited liability is a concept that the government created. The $75 million cap on liability for the oil spills that we were talking about earlier. Government created that. That's, a, that's penny candy to that industry. <laughs> that's like
1: a day's profits. Yeah. Maybe less. Yeah. So and by the way, and there's nothing wrong with making profits. No, certainly not. Yeah, the the, the problem is when you make profits and you don't uh, and and you harm people in doing that. That that's the issue here. Right, and the
0: government actually empowers pe- these companies to do more harm. It empowers them by limiting their liability and ignoring uh, the things that they do, and and being able to be easily corrupted and bought off. Consumer Reports, are they going to get bought off by uh Mitsubishi for the next television uh, re- review that they do When they uh, Consumer Reports magazine, always looking at new products and comparing and contrasting? No, they are completely independent uh from those uh, from those companies. And if you don't believe it, they have I believe they have ways of uh, of showing you their independence.
1: And if you don't believe it, start your own consumer reporting organization and, the other and that, check their claims. The other thing that really chaps my hide about this whole thing is the oil industry is heavily subsidized by the federal government, A. Yeah, we haven't talked about and, that And yet. secondly the the oil industry is really a cartel because uh, in the energy industry because there's been repeated stories over decades about how the oil industry has basically um, uh, gotten after uh, independent inventors and and i think yeah. the free, i think the free market would make uh, the burning of oil pretty much obsolete you know oil would just be used to make plastics at that point it would
0: depend on costs and that's the one thing that this article really gets right where he talks about how he's, the article writer is frustrated by people's lack of interest in this issue and how they're willing to continue supporting the oil companies, especially in Louisiana, where it's big business. Mm-hmm. And he, he bemoans these things, but then points out that he believes the best way to get people to alter their relationship with oil is if the cost goes up. And he does point out that the cost is rising, and there are reasons uh, for that. But there also needs it needs to be pointed out, and he doesn't point this out that the cost of oil is subsidized in this country, and very heavily so mm-hmm. uh, in the one of the main subsidies is the military and the fact that there's this multi-trillion dollar government bureaucracy that goes around the world and essentially especially in the middle east secures drilling platforms Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's basically a job description for the military and so everybody is forced to pay for that whether they use oil or not everybody that's got a windmill and solar panels on their homes if they're paying income tax they're paying to support the very industry that they've spent their own money personally to try to get away from Mm -hmm. so we'll talk more about the costs here in a little bit because it's a very important factor in this discussion 800-259-9231 also welcome your thoughts as well bring up whatever's on your mind take control of the airwaves this is free talk live
3: one of the many imaginative graphic novels from bigheadpress.com is odysseus the rebel a new twist on an old story this is not your daddy's odysseus bigheadpress.com will help you spark imaginations and free minds with their enjoyable web comics and graphic novels beautifully illustrated inspirational stories will make your holiday gift giving a mind freeing experience that will be appreciated and enjoyed sample odysseus the rebel online before you buy at bigheadpress.com
0: This is Free Talk Live. Take control and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. It's Christmas week and we are here live. To, uh, joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there. And uh, by the way, some of those features include things like our uh, our bulletin board system. Our wiki is another way you can get interactive. We mentioned the BBS earlier, but wiki.freetalklive.com is over 2,000 pages Created by listeners just like you. Go and edit virtually anything you see there. Wiki wiki dot And by the way, Mark, who is not here this week, is getting ready next year to go on a cruise. They're going to be calling it an unconference, and it'll be a cruise that'll include not just Mark, but also Stefan Molyneux and uh, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty. And uh, so it's going to be a good time, I'm sure. I unfortunately I have to stay here to kind of keep things uh, keep things running. But the boat is going to have an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. It leaves Bienville, New Jersey in november so you've got plenty of time to get the plans made get the tickets uh, you can in fact reserve your birth now in fact you should because apparently prices are going to go up uh, over time as the rooms start to sell down uh, it's a 535 dollars is the low low price for a double occupancy and of course you can get a, a nicer suite up from that as, as well if you want uh, go to cruise.freetalklive.com you can do that today at cruise.freetalklive.com so get your uh, reserve your birth now Eight hundred. Nice. Yep. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You've done a cruise before? I, I take it, Wayne. Not in a long, long time. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a while for me. I, I went when I was a teenager, and I had a lot of fun. So it's a it's a good time if you haven't been on one of them. Uh, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We're talking about the oil spill and what happened to it. It has kind of disappeared from the the national conversation, much to the chagrin of uh, many people who wanted to see greater government involvement in that particular field and greater government involvement in the environment as well. And as we've touched on uh, here tonight, Wayne – it's actually – and I think you pointed out the government is the largest polluter in the world. I'd, I'd believe that to be true. I know for a fact they're the largest polluter in the United States, and specifically it's the U.S. military uh, that is the largest polluter. It's, uh, I believe Dr. Mary Ruart says in her book Healing Our World that the U.S. military is a bigger polluter than the four
1: corporate, top corporate polluters combined. And then when you consider all the depleted uranium they're dumping in all these other countries and and all the things they're doing, Mm. and then if they they don't like the trucks they get, they're blowing them up out in the desert. I mean, it's just a mess.
0: Yeah, it's so incredibly wasteful. And so the idea that the government is to whom we should turn to help the environment is just, it's so backwards. And it's a shame that more people that are in the environmental movement don't see this, but they they're not looking for it. They're not looking for that information. What they're looking for are ways to control people. They're looking for new solutions to, uh, to affect human behavior in a way that they think would be beneficial to the environment. They
1: want to keep their power. You know, the environmental movement, to some degree, is also a way to control people. But look at the global warming scam. I mean, it, it, it's a false pretense. They're trying to create a, the, carbon assist, stuff. Yeah, the carbon credits and all that. It, it, it's, just, it's a false paradigm to control people.
0: So, as uh, Time Magazine points out here in their article about what happened to the Gulf spill, the article's uh, writer is absolutely correct that if gas prices go up, then people will get serious about mm-hmm. finding alternatives to oil. And it's unfortunate that, again, it's the government that's keeping the gas prices down. Uh-huh. You would pointed out, I think it was during a break, Wayne, you pointed out that when the gas prices were going up a couple years back... Yeah, by that-
1: 2008, about um, early to mid-2008, the oil... Prices went to one hundred and forty-seven dollars a barrel. Gas prices were going up well, well over four dollars a, a mm-hmm. gallon, and I could see a lot of people I knew that were getting rid of the get, getting rid of their SUVs and their big cars, and they're buying small cars. At the time, the lease was up on my SUV. I got rid of it and I got yeah, a I smaller that. car, and and I love it. I, I'm glad I did it because I I, I spend twenty five dollars filling my tank now, as opposed to, oh geez, 50? I would be about fifty or sixty yeah. depending on the price of gas. Yep.
0: So a lot of people were doing that, and you, your point was they did that quickly. It, it was didn't very take quickly. them a long time.
1: I, I noticed within the period of two or three months that the, the change in behavior was instantaneous.
0: Well, because the market moves fast, and necessity is the mother of invention. So because the oil prices are artificially kept low by the, the military, among other corporate benefits that the, the oil companies are granted because of the government, because the oil prices are kept artificially low, there's not as much... Reason for the competitors out there, mm-hmm. whatever the alternative energy sources are, maybe some that we don't even know about yet. Uh, there's not as much of an incentive for them to go out there and compete if they can't bring their uh, competition to market at a rate that's competitive to the oil industry, because price does matter. And while there are some people that are the early adopter types that are going to be willing to pay top dollar to get away from the uh, standard natural, uh, you know, natural gas slash oil, whatever. Uh, pro- Product and move toward, say, solar or wind power or whatever the next thing is. There are people that are willing to pay top dollar for that, but most people aren't. Most people, it is a cost analysis, and they're looking and they're saying, "Well, is it worth it to get rid of the SUV?" Yes, it is because we're going to pay off whatever this new we're, we're going to buy the cost of the car and the amount of money that we're going to save in gas over time. Uh, presuming the prices continue to go up and presuming that you know things are continue as they are. Um, but the market makes these decisions quickly. They don't have to – there doesn't have to be some central planner to say – to anoint the new uh, – and this is what the government wants to do. The, the government would love to, uh, to to kind of come up with the next big thing. They fund some of the research into the alternatives and they would love to be able to just kind of anoint one and say, "Ah, oh, this is the future of energy. And they, and they may very well attempt <laughs> like to do Like corn that. ethanol? right and and then whoops they made a mistake
1: a big mistake
0: uh and oops well they might make another mistake and it's very likely they're going to make a mistake because well they're the government and they screw things up and when they make a big mistake like that it costs a lot of people because people look at that and they say to themselves well the government knows what they're talking about they've got experts and billions of dollars so this must be the this must be the new energy source let's adopt it and uh turns out that it's uh, as the ethanol thing was actually it was it was more environmental dam- damaging to actually uh, create the ethanol. I forget the
1: exact. It created details more. It. It, it took more energy to create uh, energy than it did. In other words, there were too many inputs. Save. Yeah, because yeah. Of, of the tractors and growing the corn and processing it, and it just wasn't economically viable. It was a big boondoggle. A and, major boondoggle, and it, and it helped the corn producers. It was actually a subsidy mm-hmm. for the the big agribusiness corn producers. Yeah. It was a payoff to them. And, so. it, and and actually if, if you import sugarcane and use sugarcane for ethanol it's actually much more cost effective but they but they have all these big tariffs, tariffs. On, on brazilian sugar. Right. And there's a That's few That's why other there's ways. corn syrup. Right. That's why because there, there's of the corn tariffs. syrup and everything. Yeah.
0: So exactly. it's just a mess. And the only real solution to true energy independence to to getting away from the oil industry is to get away from government. But the environmental people, the guys that are out there doing lobbying for the so-called for the environment, they don't see that. And so they're not clamoring for it. Maybe if they would, then there'd be something that would be more likely to change because they're fairly influential. Uh, But most people aren't paying attention to that side of this discussion. And so, therefore, the only thing that's ever talked about is how we can control people and tax people. Because the idea that taxing people and giving the government more money is going to somehow lead us to more environmental uh, safety or security is just – it's so crazy.
1: And then if you consider the loss of all these millions of manufacturing jobs in the last 10 or 15 years – Well, for one, if the price of oil went up, then it would no longer be economically feasible to to ship things so far away here, so you'd have more factories coming here again. And then also, even at today's prices of oil... Uh, a lot of CEO- well, even
0: if factories came back here, Wayne, that means that prices still go up because of all the government regulations on factories, which are really well, originally what drove them out.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to bring up, is that even, even at today's prices, a lot of CEOs of companies say the reason why they had to take it offshore was, A, the corporate tax rate in the United States is the second highest in the world, soon to be the first uh, the highest. And second, all the regulations make OSHA. it— OSHA. Yeah. It makes it a pain in the neck to build a factory. In fact, Intel said it cost Wayne, them a billion dollars more. But don't care about more. the
0: workers, You don't care about the workers. Yes, I
1: do. I care about the workers a lot. I want want to see high-paying
0: jobs. We need regulations to get high-paying jobs. (laughs) We need regulations for safety. Wayne, you want people to cut their arms off in the factory? Sure. Why not? (laughs) Come on. You don't really want that, right? Of course not. Well, don't we need the government to make sure that people are safe in their workplace?
1: I think that people have an incentive, A, to uh, uh, watch after themselves. And second, the companies don't want their their employees walking out of the factory with missing an arm. Yeah, but robber barons, Wayne. Robber barons. Well, there there are some robber barons, but the market takes care of those people, especially with the communications that you have today.
0: Especially if it's an open market as well, and yeah. not a regulated market when there where there are two players that are government approved, mm-hmm. and you you essentially have the ability for them to cartelize with one another and. And if they're the only people that are out there and you're not free to start up a competitor, then yeah, conditions can be kind of crappy in that case.
1: Oh, they can. That's, that's the whole problem when they talk about robber barons is they don't realize that these robber barons were basically had political connections. Sure. And they were able to get away with a lot of what they did because of their political connections where the guys in politics were looking the other way and letting them ha- uh, have their way.
0: Yeah. Like the, the railroad uh, people back then. I forget. I don't have the names in front of me right now, but there are uh, plenty of examples of this. And there's plenty of examples of it today as well in the form of all of the regulatory boards out there, which are essentially good old boys clubs Yep. Uh, for the people that uh, have been in the business a long time and they create new regulations, grandfather themselves in, mm-hmm. and then apply the new regulations to the people that want to start in that business, thereby keeping up the uh, keeping out the upstarts and keeping out the new competition and keeping out the new innovation and the better working environments and things like that. More coming up. You take control. Hour 2 next. This is Free Talk Live.
3: But wait.
0: This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. We invite you to take control of the airwaves, dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you like, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Still to come, Wayne, you're going to tell us about the UK drug czar, or former drug czar, that has come out against the war on drugs. We'll get to that. But first, your phone calls about what you want. Let's talk to Mike in Tampa on the amp lines. Hello, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you guys
4: doing?
1: What's on your mind tonight, Mike?
4: Uh, Mike. Hey, thanks. My questions for Wayne. Um, you know Wayne, you sound like an IT an IT guy and um I was wondering if you might have any advice for somebody who's just kind of getting their feet wet into IT. Uh, I just got my CompTIA A+ cert and I'm studying for my Network+ Plus, and I don't I don't know which way to go after that. I'm getting all kinds of confusing advice. Um, maybe you could give me some insight as to what kind of certifications might be valuable in today's marketplace. Uh, that might help me, you know, land a decent job.
1: Well, certifications are great, but really, what you have to, there's so many aspects of IT in the industry that if you try to do everything, you're going to go crazy and you're not going to be able to be good at it. So you have to find what you enjoy doing. And, and go there. And, and experience is more valuable than certification. Certifications can help if it's a corporate type thing. But if a corporation sees that you have a lot of promise, they're going to pay for your training anyway in a new area. So it depends on what you want to do. I, I'm an independent IT person. So I, I've, I've pretty much, I started out doing work for friends for free and and, and, and I've grown from there. And I do a lot of corporate uh, uh, consulting now independently. But it depends on what you want to get into. And I think you have to f- figure out what you enjoy doing and then and then start to work in that, because your your joy and your passion are really what's going to guide you through your career, at least in the beginning.
4: I see. And how does one go about, uh, you know, getting that uh, hands on hands on experience? Uh, any advice there? It, it seems like it seems like you got that catch twenty two going on without the without the you know certifications. No one will, no one will take you on, and then everybody wants the experience.
1: Well, that, that's difficult. Mm-hmm. But what you can do is you can do some volunteer work if you can. Maybe, do they maybe, have internships in IT? Uh, sometimes they do, but sometimes they'll need a, a school will need people to set up computers, for example, you know, uh, or or a school like an edu- board of education or something. There's ways you can get in there and start to do the, do some work. Um, the other thing is is that if you go into an interview, if you can get in, in, an interview with a company, is that you just want to have a real positive attitude that you can do just about anything, you know. Uh, so even if you don't have any experience or maybe you don't even have a certification for what they're looking for, as long as you, you express uh, an open mind and a willingness to learn, that's also very helpful as well.
4: So, so no specific recommendations on any of these certifications? It seems like people tell me, go to the Microsoft route, and then other people tell me, go to the Cisco route.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the problem with all that is you can get all these certifications and have no job. I know a lot of people like that as well. You know, Mm. a lot lot of the companies that I've talked to, they like the certifications, but the experience is something that they they prefer over over certifications. But again, that's the case 22 you're in. So you're going to have to start out probably at at an entry, more entry level job, improve yourself and just be real diligent and be. Be real enthusiastic and just be somebody who goes the extra mile and you'll always get work. Wayne, is IT still
0: uh, as competitive as uh, as it has been in the past where there are a lot of people? I remember that it wasn't that long ago earlier, maybe in this decade, where... You know, IT was hot, and so everybody wanted to go into IT, and then the marketplace kind of got flooded with uh, potential applicants, and mm-hmm. and so therefore the you know the pay might have gone down a little bit, uh, the prestige uh, might have gone down a little bit. Where's so, the industry at? Well, you know?
1: a lot of the jobs, a lot of the tech support jobs are being off or offshore to foreign countries now, and there, uh, the the pay was kind of going up for a while, and now it's leveling off because there are a lot more unemployed IT people. That's why I would caution you against getting too many certifications up front unless you, until you know what you, what you need to be certified in to get the job you want. Now, if, you, if you're looking at certain jobs and you say, yeah, that's the job I want, and it has what the certifications that you need are, then, then maybe consider doing them. But you can spend a lot of money on certifications and, and have it not really help you any.
0: Well, that's if that job's available, right? Because we also have the down economy situation where if there's a lot of people doing IT and the economy's kind of uh, slim, then that might make it so you might not get uh, the IT field exactly where you want to be. You might get something in IT, but maybe not in the, in the, the area. area that
1: you want. Well, exactly. It's just like being an entre- entrepreneur in a sense. You've you got to look for the unmet needs in your community or your area. And, and are you willing to move to, to get a job or do you want to stay in the area you're in? Oh,
4: absolutely. Absolutely willing to move, and I, well, I, Ian has a great point. I'm I'm trying to, you know, prepare and, and look for something that can't be offshored. So mm-hmm. one of the routes I was looking to go into was maybe, you know, IT security seems to be a hot area right now.
1: Yeah, there that, you go. That, that's a good one. Advice. Yeah, that, that's a good one. But again, it doesn't matter what it is or how good it is if you're not into it, because you're not going to be good at it if you're not into it.
0: That's, right, a, right, right. that's a great point. You do need to follow your uh, your instincts or follow your hearts, and uh, I hope that helps somewhat, Mike.
4: I appreciate it, guys. I really right. do. Thank Thanks you for so the call much.
0: tonight. appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You're the right guy to talk to about that, Wayne.
1: Well, I've done it because you know, I've I've stayed independent all these years. It's been Really,
0: you never had a corporate IT job? You've no, always no. worked for yourself?
1: Yeah, I've always worked for myself. I've worked for small business, medium-sized, big corporations. How and... did you
0: sell yourself that first time? How did you, you know, as the newbie in the uh, the IT field? How did you get that first contract?
1: Well, I had my own company. I was, I was a seafood broker. Mm-hmm. And I decided I was going to computerize the business because I had... This was back in the early 90s. I had everything on paper, you know, old-fashioned accounting stuff. Mm-hmm. I just said, you know, I just need to do this the computer thing now because being in Hollywood, you know, I was more into the artistic side and I wasn't really... I'd gotten away from the business, the hardcore business side of myself for a while. And so as I... Uh, got more serious about business too, I said, you know, I really got to get into this now. The computer industry is where I want it to be. When I was learning about it in college, it was boring. It was command mm-hmm. line. It was, you know, basic and Fortran and all that stuff. It didn't really interest yeah. me. But once they went to the graphical interfaces, I went, wow, this is cool what you can do now. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is, this is the time to get into it. And, and that's what I did. And what I did is I had a, a friend of mine who owned this really nice high-end car dealership down in Orange County. And uh, I, I wrote a database for him to run his business. And he had seen what I did for my business and liked it, so he so wanted you me had, to do the same thing for him.
0: Okay, so you had made your own database, you'd made your own program, essentially, for the seafood business, for the, mm-hmm. the brokering or whatever. And you showed that to your, your friend, and he said, oh, Wayne can do this stuff. All right, he's my friend, I'll hire him, he'll work cheap. Did you work cheap? Yeah, I did, I worked yeah. cheap but and, 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 and that's an important that. start right where like in the IT business on the programming side and like you said there are so many different aspects right I mean you can pick one area and then there are 20 different aspects of that one area I mean it's just so so detailed um, with the the IT world uh, let's see I don't even know where I was going I got distracted by all of the the, the mind-boggling aspects of uh, of the business I guess my okay my point was going to be that working cheap up front mm-hmm. I'd asked if there are any internships and that's essentially that's how I got into radio was I was willing to work for nothing uh, for a little while. And there are a lot of people that will work on, say, open source software for the purpose of getting their name out there, of getting uh, getting not only their name, but the proof that they can do this programming, that they can get out there and they can get it done uh, and that, that you know they know what they're doing. And so then if they have this profile of different open source software that they've worked on, or maybe just a complete piece of software that they didn't work on with anybody else, maybe just some sort of freeware or, or shareware or something like that that they wrote that they can point to and say, okay, well, here's my portfolio. No one's hired me to do any of this stuff, but shows that I can do the work. And so to some extent, you did that with your first job was you were willing to work very cheap for a friend and you showed him in advance that you were capable of doing
1: the job, you got the job. Yeah. And even before that, I had some friends who I went and helped because I found that I was good at it and I was always mechanically inclined. I used to take stuff apart and put it back together when I was a kid, you know, Mm -hmm. so the computer thing just came naturally to me. I taught myself pretty much and then I went and studied after, but I pretty much self-taught. And, and I think that's important because I liked it. So I, I became good yeah. at it because I was into it. I was good at it. I liked it. I f- and, and, and it was a nice change. You want to get paid to
0: do something you like.
1: Yeah. You, you, and then work is play. And yeah. and what happens then is that you get you get challenged because you go into a new situation where you have, you're called upon to do something you've never done before. And you've got to walk in there with a total confidence like, hey, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you keep expanding. You keep growing because you, you have to solve new problems that you never solved before. And then right. when you've done it for a while... You know, most of the problems out there you've already seen. Hmm. But in the meantime, as you're building your way up the ladder, you really have to just go in there with the utmost confidence that if you don't know how to do it, you're going to figure it out.
0: Well, I think Mike's got a couple of things in his corner. He's willing to move. You asked, That was an important question to ask because that's going to open up his options mm-hmm. to possibly get something in the area that he's most interested in if he's willing to move for the job. And if you're willing to work cheap, then that helps too. the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves. Coming up, the former drug czar who has come out in favor of ending the war on drugs. We'll talk about that also. You can bring up whatever you want to control. This is Free Talk Live.
2: How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me, This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring in whatever
0: you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Speaking of SACL CAI, they have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you, so their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy, so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com, right there at the top of our banner column. That's SACL CAI. As we continue, joining you tonight, it's Ian and. And don't forget, you can join us on our website. You'll find that the features there are completely free. Features including our listening options, broadband and dial-up streams, available around the clock. So tune in three in the morning. You can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live. It's there for you on the stream. Plus, we've got listen lines that will allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. You can listen in that way. There's our webcam. There's a satellite channel, which is free to air, meaning you don't have to pay uh, for a subscription. And in addition, we've got 85 wonderful radio stations across the country that take the show in various forms throughout the week. So go and get the details on that at listen.freetalklive.com. As we continue here, of course, we will take your phone calls about what you want. Let's shift gears away from career advice. So certainly you're welcome to call in with uh, your suggestions for Mike, who had called earlier asking about you know, what to do. He's new he, he in this IT business. He wants to do IT. He's not really sure exactly what aspect, maybe, but he wants to get a job. And, of course, it's a down economy, et cetera, et cetera. So if you have any suggestions for getting a foothold in the IT world, uh, certainly it's welcome. But I thought, uh, Wayne, you had some really good, good advice.
1: So. Yeah. You know, when, when your work is play, then, you know, you get paid to play. So when you enjoy something, it's so much easier to do it. You're going to spend a lot of time doing whatever you do for work. So enjoy it. Don't just do something because you think it pays well or it's kind of cool or it's the coming thing. Find something you like. And there's so many aspects of IT, whether it's graphic arts or whatever it might be. Find something, some little niche in there and do it really well and you'll do fine.
0: All right. So Wayne, tell me about this UK former drug czar who has come out of the closet in favor of ending the war on drugs.
1: Yes. uh, He says all drugs should be legalized, says former U.K. drug czar. Where's this
0: coming from, by the way? I saw one over at StopTheDrugWar.org earlier today.
1: Uh, The GuardianCO.UK, actually. Got it. All illicit substances, including heroin and cocaine, should be legalized, according to former United Kingdom drugs minister, who on Thursday became the most senior politician to push for a dramatic change in in the strategy for dealing with drug enforcement in Britain. Former Home Office Minister Bob Ainsworth, Ainsworth said that it is better for addicts to receive their fixes on prescription rather than allowing international criminal gangs to make billions in profits for supplying them, reports Nigel Morris at The Independent.
0: No, duh. I mean, this is one of the most, uh, it would seem, the most obvious points about prohibition. And yet, the prohibitionists apparently live in denial of this, as though somehow they didn't learn from the first prohibition, where it was the prohibition of alcohol that funded the criminals It it it, it created the, the violence in the streets
1: that's it's true. so obvious but some of the privileged families were making a lot of money running the kennedys alcohol. yes yeah. for one and many others so uh it, the logic is is correct but there's it, this the real problem goes beyond the logic you're right ainsworth was responsible for drug policy in the uk and as defense secretary he witnessed firsthand the huge opium poppy fields in afghanistan that supply heroin to the west Ainsworth called in in the House of Commons for a fundamental rethink of how the country responds to drug addiction. He received the backing of senior MPs of all parties who argue that the current tough policy on drugs is counterproductive. We need to take effective measures to rob the dealers of their markets, and the only way we can do that is by supplying addicts through the medical profession through prescriptions. Ainsworth said Wednesday night.
0: It's almost a true statement. I mean, it certainly would be a huge step in the right direction. I don't support the prescription process. Mm-hmm. I think that in a true free market world, you should be able to walk into a store and buy whatever would be called a prescription drug today off the shelf. You should be able to just get whatever you need to. It's not like you can't go in and buy some sort of product that you can kill yourself with. Go and pop a whole bottle of aspirin. You might not wake up. Uh, so the the drugs that are on the shelf aren't more or less dangerous necessarily than the stuff that's, uh, that's available for, uh, through prescription. It's all dangerous if taken the wrong way. So let people make these choices for themselves.
1: Yeah, Yeah, well, drugs are inherently more dangerous because you could take one pill and get really messed up. Whereas some of the more natural remedies, you're not going to get hurt as badly if if you take something you shouldn't. But I also think that governments are more open to this now, like the state of California, for example, and other governments, because they're getting more desperate for for tax revenue. Mm -hmm. And to me, this also sounds like a play for tax revenue.
0: Well, whatever it takes, Wayne. I'm I'm not in favor of the taxing plans either, but I'd rather see the end of prohibition and taxed drugs than I would the continuance of prohibition.
1: Yeah, and in Portugal, evidently, the drug use has gone down since they've legalized everything.
0: I think it's decrim. I don't know if it's full legalization. I think that small amounts have been decrimmed, but I don't believe, like, you know, if you're still selling pounds of uh, marijuana or kilos of Coke, you're still going to get in
1: trouble. It would make total sense, though, that the use would go down, because if you think about it, think about all the, because the profits are so high in the illegal drug trade, it, it incentivizes people to go out and sell it and push it. Whereas when, it's, le- when it's legal and cheap, no one's going to push it.
0: It also takes away, uh, legalization takes away the forbidden fruit aspect of it, which helps keep teenagers out. And if you can keep people out at a young age, they're not as likely to get involved when they're older age. So keeping that forbidden fruit aspect away is an important factor that prohibition is again creating. Uh, problems. Prohibition creates the sexy factor to drugs. It's illegal, so it's exciting uh, to take drugs. And if it
1: weren't that way, it wouldn't have that same aura around it. And also some people bring up the crystal meth issue, which is really nasty stuff. But back, oh, yeah. but back in, in the alcohol prohibition days, most of the stuff that was available was the really strong moonshine, the real nasty well, that's, stuff.
0: Well, that's when that was essentially uh, you know, made popular, because the people that were transporting they, when you're transporting product, you would be much more interested in transporting a product that you can sell if it takes up the same amount of space, but you can sell it for 10 times as much. That's right. Then that's
1: what you're going to transport. And so that's why... Beer and wine were very hard to get. Right. But, but the nasty, strong stuff was more prevalent because it was more concentrated. It was easier to uh you, you, basically your risk was lower because you were going to make more money per load
0: correct your your yeah. risk as the dealer was lowered which is the the act you know the active factor here but the risk of the user was increased the risk of you know going blind because of ba- bathtub gin or whatever mm. these manufacturing processes or other things uh, that was something else that was affected by prohibition because people were making gin in their bathtub as opposed to some sort of controlled laboratory uh, manufacturing conditions with quality control. You're dealing with the black market. You'll get what you, what you can get, which in some cases is going to be absolute crap
1: product. Yeah, and crystal meth can be manufactured with a bunch of common products as opposed to having to grow marijuana over a course of months or, or ship in whatever, uh, like cocaine or heroin or something. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I'm not convinced or I don't think that, that crystal meth would even be widely available if the other things were available and they were inexpensive.
0: You're you're correct about that, Wayne. In fact, not just crystal meth, but crack cocaine as well, came about during the uh, the cocaine crackdown uh, mm-hmm. by the DEA and the other drug agencies in the 1980s. Uh, was really what was what spurred the interest in crack. That's the same thing we're talking about. It's it's a compressed uh, form of the same product, basically. Lower risk. Yeah, exactly. 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control, and they're much more dangerous. Crack and meth, much more dangerous uh, than their counterparts. Uh, Bring up whatever you want. Hear more about this uh, drug czar. He's got more to say. We've just gotten started on that, and your calls as well are welcome. Bring up anything. Take control. This is Free Talk Live. When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. Freedomcam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The, the GPS Blackbox Black Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at Freedomcam.net. Freedomcam.net <laughs> This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you'll find there free. Again, freetalklive.com features including news updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com. You can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, whichever one of those works best for you, or more than one if you'd like. It's all free, so go to news.freetalklive.com. And if you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, you need to know about jurisdictionary.com. It's a course for people without a lawyer that need to know what it takes to win. And for the people that actually have lawyers that want to minimize their legal fees by knowing what those guys should be doing and when they're doing too much, when they're doing stuff they don't need to be doing, Jurisdictionary will help you get it a little bit more rather than just having a lawyer take your hand and lead you through all kinds of uh, unnecessary charges and and fees uh, for their time that they don't need to be doing. So uh, get... Get the info from Jurisdictionary.com. It works for both plaintiffs or defendants and costs less than an hour with a good lawyer. So, you know, chump change in comparison to paying for a lawyer. Uh, So easy, an average eighth grader can go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary.com. As we continue here, uh, Wayne, you're sharing with us a story from The Guardian over in the UK Mm -hmm. where something fairly significant has happened in the world of politics – it's pretty unusual that a drug czar, somebody who built their career on essentially propagandizing against drugs and in favor of the war on drugs, has now reversed his position and has come out. He's not the drug czar anymore. He's a former drug czar. But uh, he's reversed his position, has now come out and is uh, is advocating for the end of the war on drugs. Not just legalizing marijuana, but he's saying All legalize drugs.
1: everything. Yeah, Yeah, he goes on to say, quote, it is far better that, they're, that they, they're going to a doctor or going to a chemist, I guess that's the, the, the British word for uh, pharmacist, mm-hmm. and are getting their script rather than turning tricks as a prostitute or robbing their mates, absolutely. Ainsworth said. Yeah, absolutely. His departure from politics now gives him the freedom to express his view that the war on drugs has been nothing short of a disaster, according to Ainsworth. It's Quote,
0: a human tragedy. Yeah. It is – disaster is an, an appropriate word. It's a disaster of epic proportions because we're talking about people's freedom and their lives here. And how anybody can just brush off somebody because they're a drug user is so callous to me that they would just look at somebody because they've used drugs and say, well, they're criminals and they should be in a jail cell. Because they have some sort of issue with the idea, essentially, of altering one's state of consciousness. I mean, that seems to be where the real objection comes from, from the people that are the most strident drug warriors. They have some kind of issue. Maybe it's a projection you know they're projecting their own yeah. insecurities uh, about themselves and in uh, their ability or inability to handle drugs or whatever that whatever their issue is they're projecting it out there but it's just so callous these are humans we're talking about these are your brothers and sisters and your your family members and your co-workers and your neighbors your lovers I mean these are people that have drug problems because they're different there's different levels of drug use there's people that use it recreationally and they don't have a problem with it there's people that have problems and they are addicted and they, that's causing real issues in their life and the people that support the war on drugs a lot of them just lump everybody together Oh, well, if you smoke pot you must be the same as a meth addict and there are so many different shades of gray in there and different distinctions that these people don't make because they don't want to even think about it they don't want to think about the drug user as another human being they want to think of them as a monster a criminal so, yeah a criminal or a monster that needs to be stopped. And clearly, they can't stop them. And that's one of the things this guy is acknowledging here. They can't even keep the drugs out of the prisons. So what's the point in putting a drug user in prison if they
1: can get drugs in the prison? What's the point of that? Well, they can make more license plates for almost nothing, I guess. But Well, that is true. It does uh, bolster the prison industry, and yes. that's a whole other fact. That's a whole other story. And and of course, uh, there's a lot of people in prison for drug use that that shouldn't be there. Who who actually may end up becoming more hardened criminals because they're around people like that. They're they're in That's a hostile who environment. Out. Yeah, they're they're, they're, hang- they're learning things. There. Yeah, they're, they're learning things they should probably shouldn't be learning. Being in prison. Well, and also you've got the rap sheet as
0: well. You've got that hanging over your head. If you finally get out, good luck getting a job. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get a restaurant job because everybody there uses drugs, but aside from that, it's very difficult to, you know, for somebody with a with a record like that to go into a, and and get employment, and so sure. that makes their life more difficult, and that makes it more likely for them to turn back to drugs. Yes,
1: exactly, because they want to get out. They they want an alternative reality. Yeah, but but again, you know, we we talk about the logic all the time of of uh, the ill logic of of the war on drugs. And we, we also hear about the drug warriors who are in many cases brainwashed, but they don't understand that they're being played, that really the real deal is that there are a small group of people that want drugs illegal because of the huge profits. These people up on top never get caught. It's always the lower level drug dealers that get cycled in and out of the prisons when, that's they, get, true. when they get too big for their britches. So there, there, there is an incentive for a small group of people to keep drugs illegal, and that's the real reason why they're not legal. In my mind, anyway. Because they're profiting from
0: it somehow. There's a small Either- group
1: of people that are politically connected who who profit massively from drugs yeah. being illegal.
0: And the way they profit is different. I mean, for instance, they might just profit from the fact that their police department gets federal subsidies, or they might be actual drug dealer themselves, or they might know somebody who's uh, who's selling, or they might be in somehow you know connected to uh, to a drug ring. As we've seen, so many police getting caught for selling drugs and well, sheriffs
1: a, even. Sure. Well, here's an example. Before the U.S. went into Afghanistan, Afghanistan was probably producing fifteen percent of all the the heroin. Now, uh, now it's about eighty percent. Mm. Interesting.
0: Yeah, who's protecting those uh, poppy fields?
1: Uh, you got it. That'd be the U.S. military. Yes, sir.
0: And that's not just speculation, Wayne. I mean, there yeah. have been pictures that the these uh, military guys have taken of the fields that they're
1: protecting. <laughs> and Isn't back it? in the 80s, uh, they were, in, in Latin America, they were they were protecting the coca fields, the, the coca plants.
0: Let's. Uh, I don't know if this uh, drug czar has more to say, but if he does, we'll come back to it. But let's go to John in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. John, with Ian and Wayne.
5: So, uh... You think giving away free drugs to people, they won't have to pull any tricks or anything, huh? I guess.
0: Who, who said who said give drugs? away free drugs?
5: Somebody will pay for their drugs. They can pay for their rent and their food, too, while they're high on the drugs you gave them, right?
0: Wh- who said give away free drugs? I don't understand drugs? how that's
5: going to work, John, anyway. we don't have a John, problem with alcohol. John,
0: right? who said give away free drugs? Where did you get that from?
5: Well, we don't have a problem with alcohol, do we? And Did do you jump to a conclusion, John?
0: Cheap. Did you jump to the conclusion that we were advocating people get free drugs?
5: Well, how are they going to get it? Why not just buy them on the street, then?
0: Because of prohibition. Effect,
5: they're, not, they're not throwing tricks for that, are they? I mean, you can buy crack cocaine pretty cheap.
0: You don't think people turn
1: tricks to buy tra- uh, crack cocaine, John?
5: I said they can buy crack cheap now.
1: They can get it a lot it's cheaper cheap. if it wasn't illegal. And besides well, that, that, crack... That's going to
5: solve the problem, making it cheaper but, than the street price. But right? crack
1: cocaine, things like crack cocaine and crystal meth are distortions in the market because of the fact it's illegal. Now, I don't advocate doing drugs, but drugs are are more likely to be pushed and and uh, their use increased when they're illegal that's that's the point we're trying to make how
0: many people john are are, are stealing st- car stereos from people's cars are holding people up at knife point in alleyways how many people are doing breaking into homes and stealing people's things and selling that stuff for uh, for a six pack of beer you
5: know uh that just doesn't hold any water. What you said right there—doesn't hold any water at all.
1: Why? It holds beer.
5: Because uh, they don't have to do that. They can go out and wreck their cars, beat their old ladies up. Eighty percent of the people in prison are, are from alcohol. What? And drugs.
0: Eighty yeah. percent are in. You don't Pick even know what you're talking about. Now it's a truth. You don't tr- know
5: what you're talking no, about, no, John.
0: Dude. It's a, it's a true statement there are a lot of people in prison because of drugs, not so much because of alcohol, because people aren't committing crimes. For the most part, most Americans that want to get a, a six-pack, they just buy it because it's affordable. They can work at any old job, any and old menial labor job, and afford to drink. I've known plenty of people that are very poor but yet manage to buy all the alcohol they could ever imagine and At least it's
1: a consistent product because it's, it's legal and, it, and it's, it's made properly. But when you're buying stuff on the street, it's inconsistent, it could poison you, to kill you because you really don't know what you're getting
0: tell you what john i'll bring you back if you've got a response we'll uh, come back with john if you'd like to 800-259-9231 the SACL cai toll free line because i'm sorry john is just wrong on this issue uh legalizing drugs doesn't mean giving them away for free i mean the premise right out of the gate was incredibly incorrect 1-800-259-9231 we don't advocate welfare on this program just advocate freedom it's free talk live you take control Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. Free Talk Live. Take control of the airwaves. Listen in uh, via the web. Listen in via various different options all over at freetalklive.com. Explain there for you. You can dial in toll-free and then get interactive with us here at 800-259-9231 and you can bring up anything. And of course, we really enjoy calls that don't agree. It's, uh, It's always nice to get those and hopefully we'll continue with one of them here in a moment. But I want to tell you about how to get your hands on some gold and silver because it's important to get your hands on it. You don't want to go out there and buy a certificate that says you own gold somewhere because, as it turns out, as we've discovered here on this program, uh, that a lot of these banks that claim they've got gold, they don't.
1: Or they have it titled to more than one person. Right, which means they don't. Or Or they lent it out to somebody
0: else. Which means if you want it, they're not going to be able to cough it up.
1: Not right away, anyway. Right.
0: So, uh, so get the gold physically in your hands. You can do that over at gold.freetalklive.com and silver available there as well. Uh, we've teamed up with Midas Resources. That's the company that brings you this program on the radio. Uh, Genesis Communications Network is owned by Midas Resources, and, uh, and it's great to uh, to do business with them because they do a great job. I've purchased quite a bit of silver uh, through. Silver or gold dot uh, freetalklive dot com. go to either one of them. They're US Eagles, British Sovereigns, Twenty Francs, Lakota Nation, Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves. And others, uh, including uh, some books as well, like uh, Dishonest Money, which is a great book that simply explains the Federal Reserve and its systematic looting of the entire world. You can go to gold.freetalklive.com or call 877-857-9938. Make sure you order uh, more than one, like 20 at least, because you want to save on the shipping. Mm The shipping will get you. So the more you order, the better the shipping deal. 877-857-9938 or gold.freetalklive.com. And it turns out John in Florida dropped off the line, uh, as in so many cases when we talk about the war on drugs. Wayne, you brought up a story from the UK. I don't know if we we're how far we are through it, but uh, the drug czar over there, former drug czar, has come out against the war on drugs. He has basically admitted that... He was only for it for political purposes, and now that he can speak his mind, now that he can be honest, he is going to tell the world what he really thinks, and that is that it was a disaster. It is a disaster. It's a disaster of epic proportions, a human tragedy, which is an attack against our friends and family members. It's a war on people not on the drugs, because people are the ones that suffer the consequences from it. And then John in Florida, who we were more than willing to hold over and and continue having a conversation with, uh, John in Florida calls up to say, well, uh, you you just want free drugs. No? When did we say that? When did we even allude uh, to something like that?
1: Well, again, he's probably also probably heavily entrenched in the right-left paradigm, so he thinks we're one of these lefties who wants to legalize drugs and give them free to everybody.
0: But the lefties don't even want to legalize drugs. I mean, most of the— Some uh, do. Some do, but uh, some righties do. I mean, there's a story here at The Raw Story that Pat Robertson has come out in favor of, at the very least, legalizing marijuana. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is worthy of a mention. This is the guy behind sure. the Seven Hundred Club. This is Pat Robertson, an ultra conservative. Yeah. So it's not a left or right position to be for or against drugs. It's a statist or not statist position.
1: Sure, sure. I agree. But I just I, what I'm saying is is that uh, people that's his do, perception. That's his perception yeah. based on the right-left paradigm perpetrated by the media. Yeah. No, but what,
0: what we do want to see uh, is a, a full drug legalization or decriminalization. I think that's. Personally, a better plan because legalization usually has a connotation of, uh, of taxation, and I don't want the government to touch the drugs. I don't want them to deal the drugs. I don't want them to prohibit the drugs. I don't want them to tax uh, tax the drugs. I just want them to leave people alone, so individuals can decide for themselves in what ways the drugs should be manufactured. Businesses can make those decisions. They can put their products out on the marketplace, and people decide how to uh, you know to to purchase them. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about what Pappy Buch- or Pat not Pappy Pat Roberts. Robertson had to say here, just to give you the other side of this uh, raw story. Count this among the ten things nobody ever expected to see in their lifetimes. Seven Hundred Club founder Pat Robertson, one of the cornerstone figures of America's Christian right movement, has come out in favor of legalizing marijuana. Calling it getting smart on crime, Robertson aired a clip on a recent episode of his 700 Club television show that advocated the viewpoint of drug law reformers who run prison outreach ministries. A narrator even claimed that religious prison outreach has saved millions in public funds by helping to reduce the number of prisoners who returned shortly after being released. Uh, The Christian Coalition founder said it's got to be a big deal in campaigns. He's tough on crime and lock him up. That's the way these guys ran and they got elected. But that wasn't the answer. Mm -hmm. And he's absolutely right because all you do when you arrest somebody – For selling drugs is you create a new market opportunity for somebody else to step in and fill his shoes because there are always going to be people that are demanding the product. And as long as there is a demand in the marketplace, even if the product or service is illegal, someone will step up to fill that demand regardless of the risk. In fact, the higher the risk, the more likely the someone filling the demand will be a violent thug as opposed to maybe a nice drug dealer, because there are some nice, friendly ones out there. Do you,
1: do you remember the poli- police officer we talked with maybe a year ago who was talking about how and he was, he was for decriminalization? And he said, you know, I talked to some of my fellow officers who, who were against or for the war on drugs, against legalization. And I asked him, I say, you know, how many drunks have you wrestled with in the last three months? Mm-hmm. A- and they think about it and they, and they can't even really count. There's so many. And he says, OK, how many potheads have you wrestled with? Doesn't and they, happen. And he said, zero. And, and he's never, never had a different result.
0: You yeah. Know? Uh, most cops that are being honest will tell you that. So... Pat Robertson continues. He says, we're locking people up that have taken a couple of puffs of marijuana. And the next thing you know, they've got 10 years with mandatory sentences. These judges just say they throw up their hands and there's say there's nothing we can do with these mandatory sentences. We've got to take a look at what we're considering crimes. And that's one of them. He says, I'm not exactly for the use of drugs. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. It's an
1: interesting thing to say. I'm not exactly for. Well, in other words he's not for using them but but he knows that people are going to use them anyway so making them illegal is is not a good policy. Sure, but a
0: strange word to put. Why not just say you're not for the use of drugs? He's not exactly for the use of drugs. Hmm. Makes you wonder if maybe one of his, you know, his wife or something like that is a pot smoker. Uh, he says, don't get me wrong, but I just believe that uh, criminalizing marijuana, criminalizing the possession of a few ounces of pot, that kind of thing is just it's costing us a fortune and it's ruining young people. Young people go into prisons. They go in as youths and come out as hardened criminals. Mm-hmm. And this is the these are the talking points we've been using here tonight, yeah. Wayne. This guy has got it. Yeah. I mean, this is he understands a story like this really is uh, it's nice to see. Because it shows that even people who you would look at and say, oh, yeah, he's a drug warrior for life. Somebody like Pat Robertson, it would be easy to write him off and to say, oh, he's got no chance of coming around on this issue. Pat Robertson gets it. Mm-hmm. There is hope, Wayne. There yeah. is hope. There is. Uh, so 800-259-9231. Let's continue here with your thoughts. John, a different John, is in Iowa. John, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Wayne.
5: Hey, how are you guys doing today? Johnny? John. Amy? Hi John. John,
0: doing great. Yes,
5: What's we on can? Your mind? Well, uh, you know, I guess the question that I had, you know, you guys saying, you know, to decriminalize completely. I mean, what about the I don't know if you talked about this already, but what about the um you know, letting people make their own choices, each individual choice, how did the kids factor into that?
1: Well, Well, the the kids can't bring alcohol into school or drink alcohol either. I'm sure there there would be some sort of age where a legalized age, just like anything else. I don't personally, I don't favor that way. And I think that's what they would do.
0: That is likely what the government people would do. But I don't favor any kind of controls. And look at the kids today with alcohol. I mean, right now you've got problems with binge drinking and alcohol is illegal for kids you've got police going into parties and breaking up parties and and giving you know arresting kids and giving them a record before they even make it into college and so we've certainly talked about the issue of alcohol and and young people before, and how it is that if it weren't for prohibition for under twenty ones then we would likely have more kids that are better with alcohol because they'd be able to grow up around it. They'd be able to
1: try it when they were younger, maybe with their parents. And My grandfather used to give me a sip of wine when I was seven, eight years old. Just a little sip, just because he's, he, his philosophy was that, that if I could get it a little bit there, I wasn't going to go sneak it someplace. But that was and, and a criminal act, it. Wayne. Well, now it De- is, I guess. Contributing
0: to the, the, the uh, delinquency of a minor. <laughs> I guess I'm a delinquent. But, John, do you see where I'm coming like from, that. though, on that? The
5: the marijuana and stuff like that, you know, a little alcohol, uh, you know, that's been going on a long time. You know, my dad did that to me, too, gave me a little sip of uh, whatever, and and it was all funny. But, uh, uh, you know, what about some of the more uh, dangerous things?
0: You mean like crack or meth or something like that?
5: Yeah, stuff like that. Okay, so what is
0: your concern exactly?
5: Well, um, I I think I can uh, really sum it up uh, best. um, I mean if you don't mind uh, a little story from
0: uh Sure man go for it oh, He's going to play a song
1: <laughs>
0: It's a crank call
6: Now this is a story all about and how my life got flipped turned upside down and I'd like to take a minute and just sit
0: right there I'm not sure what that has to do with drugs but it is very jazzy thanks for the call tonight I appreciate hearing from you as in dj jazzy jeff 800-259-9231 the cycle cai toll free line whatever
1: happened to dj jazzy jeff saved by the bumper music
0: you can take control of the airwaves bring up anything you want uh we'll continue on the drug wars the drugs are have more to say yes all right we'll come back to him and take your calls as well about anything in hour three which- A passion for service never leaves. I'm Tim Lewis, and after 22 years in the military, I became a mortgage professional, helping my fellow veterans and active duty service members secure VA home loans. Refinancing with a VA loan is a privilege earned through service, and it's my privilege to help you get there. We can help you lower your rate or consolidate debt, even if your current mortgage is not a VA loan. Go to varadio.com to learn more. That's varadio.com.
3: I'm Tim Lewis. Thank you for your service. varadio.com is a website of iFreedom Direct Corporation, a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com or call 1 800 900 VA Loan. varadio.com.
0: This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever is on your mind. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Again, freetalklive.com. Boy, this night full of all kinds of good news, at least in the the realm of the war on drugs we've been talking about for the last uh, little bit here on the program. For those of you just tuning in, uh, a U.K. drug czar, former drug czar, has come out in favor of full-on legalization. And Pat Robertson of the 700 Club fame, as in ultra-conservative Pat Robertson, has come out in favor of not full legalization, but marijuana legalization. And maybe he just wasn't asked about full legalization because the points he was making, uh, according to the Raw story, on his program, the 700 Club, the things he was saying absolutely apply across the board, not just Mm -hmm. in marijuana, but across the board to all the drugs. I mean, it's just the progress that is is apparently happening here is incredible. There really is hope to, at the very least, see changes. uh, if, If somebody like Pat Robertson can get it, on legalizing marijuana man anybody can get it
1: and there seems to be more people in the mainstream media you've got judge napolitano and others on yeah. on television now advocating that position as well but what i find interesting about about robertson is that he's basing his opinion on on really boots on the ground experience by his organization
0: but from the prison outreach talking to prisoners and actually hearing their stories and learning what really goes on
1: yeah Yeah. And that's a good thing because he's not one of these people, these academics spouting off all these theories of of law enforcement, you know, whereas he's actually uh, basing his opinion on on facts that he's found because people have have actually been spending time with people who were convicted of of drug offenses.
0: What I'm curious about is what the response was for the 700 Club. I mean, that's a big organization that has been around for a long, long time and is well known within the, the, the Christian world. Did their contributions drop after he came out? Did they stay the same? Did they go up? I wonder what the response from his viewership, the flock, if you will, what did they
1: have to say about it? Are are they shocked? That's a very good question. I'm sure some are. Or are others just... Maybe, maybe you know, that's go why, along
0: with uh, with the pastor. Oh, whatever
1: he says must be true. Maybe, maybe that's why he only mentioned marijuana because he he wanted to water right, it to down. Take it a easy. Bit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, We're gonna get back to the the drugs because he had more to say. Yeah. Uh, but first, we go to the phones and another John. All John's here so far tonight in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. John in Indiana. Oh, he's he's gone. Never Uh-oh. mind. All right, 800-259-9231. So, uh, Wayne, let's continue with some of the, uh, what this former drug czar has to say about ending the insane war on drugs.
1: Well, he says, quote, Prohibition has failed to protect us, Amesworth told the House of Commons on Thursday, last Thursday. Leaving the drug drugs market in the hands of criminals causes huge and unnecessary harm to individuals, communities, and entire countries. With the poor the hardest hit, he said. We spend billions of pounds without preventing the wide availability of drugs, Ainsworth said. It is time to replace our failed war on drugs with a strict system of legal regulation to make the world a safer, healthier place, especially for our children. We must take the trade away from organized criminals and hand it to the control of doctors and pharmacists.
0: It's a good suggestion. It's not the best, but it's good. Much better. It's uh, it's a huge step in the right direction that will do so much to end the violence that is associated with uh, with drug use. And I mean different kinds of violence. Violence on the fact that people are, are having their homes broken into by a crackhead that wants to get money for his next hit. That people are being robbed on the street by you know, drug addicts that need to get their next fix. People are having their cars broken into. There's that kind of violence. But there's also the other kind of violence where the government is violent against peaceful people who just use drugs. Because mm-hmm. there are plenty of people in this country that can use drugs without robbing people. Marijuana users, for the most part, are able to support their habit with their jobs. Even though marijuana is far more expensive than it otherwise would be in a legal marketplace, they are still able to afford to buy it without necessarily having to knock over a convenience store or something like that. So then you've got the violence of the cops who come along and arrest those people. That's violence, too, because your average marijuana smoker isn't harming anybody. They're just... Enjoying their recreational product at the end of a, a tough day at work? and yeah, they're raiding like the
1: refrigerator. What's, what's wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> I want some of that baklava. <laughs> oh, you're right. We've got it out there thawing in But the actually, he says one thing, too, that, that's really good. He says, politicians and the media need to engage in a genuine and grown-up debate about alternatives to prohibition. Absolutely. Amen. Absolutely.
0: And they don't want to do that, Wayne. There have been, uh, for the longest time, the advocates of ending the drug war have been challenging people like the drugs are for years to debates, and they always turn them down. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would they want to get into into a debate about it? It's their policy. Their policy is in effect. They have no reason to come to its defense. It's already in effect. So why come to a debate where they're just going to lose? They're going to have their butts handed to them in this uh, in this because they have nothing on which to stand. All of their points are based on emotion and appeals. You know, appeals to emotion. There's no logic there. And and we can appeal to emotion too, like uh, the 1.5 million human beings in this country that are arrested and put in a cage every single year. Because they had a plant or a drug in their pockets. I mean, that's a, that's pretty tragic. And there are all kinds of personal. You want to get you dig down into those 1.5 million stories, and you find all kinds of of uh, personal tragedies where people have their families torn apart by the mm-hmm. system. The kids are taken away from a household, for instance, where mom and dad might be pot smokers. Little Johnny goes to school, tells his dare officer that mom and dad smoke pot. Because the dare officer tells the kids to to snitch out their parents. They think they're doing what's right because they've been brainwashed to believe that pot's bad. And that the DARE officer is going to help mom and dad out with their problem. Well, it turns out mom and dad were productive members of society until the cops come along and decide to arrest them, taking the kids away from them, putting them in a foster care home where they get molested by the foster care parents, and they're in a worse situation than they've been in in the first
1: place. Yeah, that's a good summation. And you know, those in, aren't uncommon. In the old days, you used to hear this argument mostly from potheads, but not, not anymore. I, I'm a person, I don't do drugs, I don't drink. I mean, I probably have six beers a year, you know. Wow. Um, Jeez. I've been working out for 37 years, you know, and, and uh, most people would call me a, a health nut, you know, <laughs> so I don't do these things, but I, I understand I, I I want to be principled. I want to tell the truth, you know, I want to find the truth. And, and I just don't see, even though I might not believe in doing certain drugs myself, uh, you know, I have to allow you to be free for me to be free. That's my Absolutely. belief. Absolutely.
0: Let's go to the phones and the fun. Talk to Dennis in Huntsville, listening to WBHP. Hello, Dennis. You're on with Ian and Wayne.
6: Oh, thank you, uh.
0: Oh, by the way, uh, Ian and I enjoy listening to you on Coast to Coast. <laughs> I wasn't on Coast to Coast. Well, Ian. This is Ian, and I was not on yeah. Coast to Coast. So, I don't well, know the, I don't know who you heard. Oh, the, you're thinking of the host of uh, Coast to Coast, Ian Punnett? Coast to Coast, yeah. Not the same I'm Ian. <laughs> Sorry to confuse oh. you. I have met oh, okay. Ian Punnett, and uh, he's very short and was very nice.
1: Well, you could be on Coast to Coast. I suppose I could. <laughs> yeah. You are an Alex Jones. I don't, Jones. I don't, I don't, I don't have a, a ghost, ghost to... story to tell, though. You could, you could make one up.
0: <laughs> that's what a lot of people do <laughs> yeah, to get on that show. Good ones. Anyway, go ahead, Dennis. What's on your mind?
6: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm listening to what you guys are talking about now. Here's why I'm in favor of the idea of legalizing uh powder, of course, and as many drugs as practical is because I don't like decent people out here getting records and everything, which screws their lives up for mm-hmm. doing some something like that. It's, that's their choice, all right? But then you have the cops out here busting people for doing the same thing they're doing. They're doing drugs on duty because I've seen them. All right, nice. and then you then you get the judges out here are sentencing people for for doing drugs when the drugs the j- judges are doing it too. Yeah. Prosecutors are prosecuting people for doing drugs when they're doing it too, mm-hmm. and they yep. double standard like that where it's us and them when we because we have a title we're better than you are. And we can do do what you we say you can't do, but we can do it. No, sorry, I don't go along with that, man.
1: Yeah, that that's a very good point. That's, that adds a whole hypocrites. new dimension to this.
0: They are hypocrites. And, in fact, we were not uh, – it wasn't just a couple of weeks ago that we were talking about a judge who got busted for growing pot in her house. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many cops. I mean, I've got corrupt cop stories here, too. I mean, since you bring it up, we might as well go into some of them. Dennis, any other comments you want to make?
6: No, I think I, I spoke my piece on this. I just – I don't like hypocrisy right yeah. there. I just yeah. –
0: you know, and the just drug war is we should be free. Yep, absolutely Dennis. Thank you for the call. And the drug mm-hmm. war is rife with hypocrisy. He's absolutely right about that. And then you got the uh, stories like the cop in Indianapolis that was uh, three sheets to the wind while on duty driving an SUV, a cop SUV. Fought, they actually caught him, but how many guys are out there getting away with stuff?
1: Because yeah. they're in positions of power. Th- this is a medical problem. When people abuse drugs, it's a medical problem, not a criminal problem. That's the point here. Speaking of the corrupt
0: cops, we'll bring those to you here in a moment, and you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800 259 9231. This is Free Talk Live. It's Christmas week. We're here all week long. We're going to be here live taking your calls, so uh, stick with us here throughout the holidays. This is uh, Free Talk <laughs> Live. Take control.
7: This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's, helping bring your family together with wholesome dinner options, even on the busiest of nights. Find dinner table ideas to bring your family together at letsfixdinner.com. To get kids involved in dinnertime conversation, ask specific questions, not broad ones. Instead of what happened today at school, try what was the best thing that happened today? The more specific you are, the more they'll have to say. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash Today.
0: This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want and dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wade. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you for their sites, we give ours away. In fact, the main feature actually allows you to control the content. You go there and everything you see in the main column of the site, created by listeners like you. We had nothing to do with it. We just set the structure up and you guys go and put things in there that you think are interesting. So as you're scrolling around the internet, you find something that you think is uh is useful or or funny or interesting or whatever, you submit it to our website via the submit the sh- uh, submit show prep link or you can use our bookmarklet which makes it even easier. And then once it's submitted to the site, other listeners will vote on whether they like or dislike it, and the most liked, make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning we're more likely to see it, possibly more likely to talk about it on the air. Certainly more people are going to see it and discuss it and share it with their friends and that sort of thing. So it's uh, social bookmarking, I think is what it's called, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Over at freetalklive.com, go and get interactive. That's just one of the many features there, and it's all brought to you for free at freetalklive.com. In fact, we've also got our webcam, cam.freetalklive.com. That's brought to you by Memory Dealers, and they offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling, and they're your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. Memory dealers, they're in stock and ready to ship you. Overnight delivery, you can find them at MemoryDealers.com. As we continue here, we'll get to Corrupt Cops in a moment, but first, Allie is on the line. Ladies, come first here on Free Talk Live. Allie in Alabama, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there.
3: Hey, guys.
0: Hey, what's on your mind tonight?
8: Well, I called to tell tell you guys my story. Um, I was coming home from my friend's house on Sunday night. I was having we were having a dinner party and um I was on my way home and I made the mistake of driving through a part of the town where, um, a lot of cops hang out and, you know, they tend to be bored because um during Christmas time our town gets really slow so um, you know, they're sort of patrolling the area and I drive by um, one of them and they turn around and turn their lights on and oh boy. pull me over. Yeah. And, um, so, you know, he comes up to the, to my car and, you know, I sort of follow a script when I talk to the cops. You know, I, I like to always ask them, you know, ob- evening officer, you know, why did you pull me over? Um, he tells me it's for my headlight. And, um, then he go uh, tells me that I smell like alcohol. Uh-oh. Um, I hadn't, you know, had anything to drink that night. And, You know, I was totally fine to drive, So, um, but I had just been told that my uh, dog died um, on the way, you know, right before, like, Uh after I got my car, my mom called and told me, so, um, you know, I might have looked upset.
1: Yeah, absolutely. uh, I'd probably be crying. Yeah, so (laughs) your eyes may have been red, too, because you were crying, right? Mm -hmm.
8: Right, yeah, exactly. So, um, but, you know, he didn't even accuse me of, you know, he didn't say I looked high, he just said, you know he thought that I was been drinking, so, um, I'm 20, so, you know, I, you know, to him, I don't even have to be drunk, I just, you know, I could have had, you know, like a sip of beer, and to him, I'm, you know, a criminal, so, um, but Mm -hmm. I hadn't, and, um, he tells me to get out of the car and makes me take all the silly tests, um, which are really confusing, by the way, I've never had to, you know, do the walk the line or anything like that, but, um...
0: They're no, not easy the- to do while you're sober, from what I understand. They're kind of no, designed they're, they're kind of designed to get people to screw up. Yeah.
1: Right. My brother yeah, did I- cartwheels on the line one time. Really? <laughs> He's
0: a smart ass. <laughs> yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I
8: mean I I tried to show, you know, demonstrate to people what they asked me to do. And like, even when I do it now, I, I still like almost fall over and stuff. So Mm -hmm. they won't even let you put your arms out for balance when you're walking, you know, like heel to toe as if that's, you know, some kind of like, you're not like, you can't walk naturally heel to toe. That's not how people are designed to walk. Right. Um, but anyway, so, um, they decide that I'm wasted and, um, they handcuffed me Jeez. and then, um, was this your first arrest? Yes. Okay. Um, They tell me that I need to move my car because it's not lawfully parked. Um, So (laughs) so, um, they want the keys to my car, and I tell them, you know, I don't consent to any searches officer. And, um, you know, well, they're like, we'll just bring the drug dogs. And I was like, well, I don't think that's fair that, you know, you're the one who just arrested me and I can't move my car into a parking space. So now I either have to pay to have my car impounded or give you give some stranger the keys to my car um but you know i really you know i probably shouldn't have but i gave him the keys Mm. um so they take me downtown and uh i take the breathalyzer and i come out as 0.00
6: um
8: but then he proceeds to charge me with a dui what um i've heard
1: that happen before yeah because Um, save face (laughs)
8: Well, I asked him, I was like, well, you know, what, I'm, am I still being charged with DUI? And he says, well, I'm convinced that you're under, um, you're, you're obviously under the influence of some kind of narcotic. <laughs> um, and I was like, uh, officer, I haven't had anything tonight. You know, the only thing I've, the only drug I've had is, out, is um, coffee.
7: Mm-hmm. And
8: um, so, you know, he, he you know, tells me, well, you're going to have to take off your jacket before you go in there. And um, is there anything in your purse that I need to know about? And, um, I was like, you know, assuming that he means drugs, I was like, yeah. no. And, um, he's like, well, what about this pepper spray? And I was like, uh, <laughs> I right. assume everyone in there knows about pepper spray and how to handle it. And, um, he, he tells me that, uh, that they need to know about the pepper spray because it's a weapon. Um, so I go in there and... Go into a know,
0: cell? Where are, the, where are you going into oh, That's the part I missed out. Um,
8: yeah. sorry, yeah, they take, they take me down to the, like the, yeah, to the, um, to the, they don't put me in a, in a cell, but yeah, they take me to the jail and, um, they make me like go through processing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, they make, they take my mug shot and make me do like fingerprint stuff. Um, humiliating. And, 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 you know, all the, uh, people behind the counter, are just ridiculous, you know, cause I, you know, I realized I was like, I don't know how I would act if everyone who came to my workplace is brought there in handcuffs and, you know, they're against their will, but they're talking about. Um like sexual harassment in the workplace, uh, but not you know about it they're actually this, you know one of the ladies was telling um her coworker, you know you just stop slapping me in the ass, and um, he tells her, Oh well, what do you expect when it 's all big and in my face?' wow and this is like out loud in front of me and everything and just the whole experience is ridiculous they treated me like a criminal the whole time sure sure needed to to ask me what you know what did he what did you take tonight and You know, all this stuff. And they they uh, they
0: figured they could intimidate you. They figured they could intimidate you and badger you into giving them something that they could use to get you get you convicted with. Because they'd already they'd already put you in the handcuffs. They'd already taken you through all of this. And that's a pretty for a lot of people. That's a scary situation, especially being taken to a jail. Where are you in uh, in Alabama?
8: Auburn.
0: Auburn. Okay, so you're listening on the Internet then? Uh, Yes. Uh, you know, I don't imagine the jails in Auburn are that much better than the jails in uh, a lot of the rest of the South. And so, I mean, just going to jail, period, can be a, a scary uh, situation. And uh, so they figured they were going to intimidate their way into getting a conviction here. But you didn't have drugs on you, and you weren't on drugs, and uh, or at least I presume you didn't have drugs in your purse. And so you yep. didn't give them anything, right? Right. I'll let you continue the story uh, if there's more. Can you hang on? More with Allie in a moment from Alabama. Her first time being arrested by a cop who basically was looking to make an arrest. I mean, he had nothing to go on here. He just wanted to harass a 20-year-old young lady. 800-259-9231. Just pathetic. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. Archives are included. If you've missed a moment of the show, don't worry. They're right there on the front page of the website, the last week's worth. You can click and download, or you can click into the archives section and then go all the way back as late as 2006. Mm. So do it all and do it for free over at freetalklive.com. And know that it's brought to you by HostGator, a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. Unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, 99.9% uptime guarantee. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. And whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business site, Let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. That's right. It's our special web portal that allows you to get a first free month when you enter through hostgator.freetalklive.com. So make sure you do it that way. That way we get credit for it. And we're not getting a kickback. You're just getting a free month. But uh, it's important for us because they know that people are entering through our site, meaning they know the advertising is working. So hostgator.freetalklive.com. Get a free month uh, right out the gate for uh, on the house, as we continue here, we've got Allie on the line in Alabama, and she's calling to regale us with her story about her first arrest. And in this case, it was entirely trumped up bunch of nonsense, uh, being pulled over by a cop, likely looking to fill a quota. And she had just found out that her dog had died, which is not a happy thing to discover. Um, always tough to to deal with that. And so was a little upset at the time she was pulled over. Maybe the uh, the red eyes uh, from, all, from the crying that might have been happening uh, was something that tipped the cop off, that he thought something was going on. He claimed that he smelled alcohol, which cops can just do that crap. They can just, oh, it smells like marijuana in here. Step out of the car, even if it doesn't. Uh, how can you how can you dispute that? How how do you in court say, well, you know, that's not true. It didn't smell like marijuana. It's your word against theirs. And you certainly can't prove that it did or it didn't smell like something. So he pulls her out of the car, makes her run through the stupid uh, battery of DUI tests, which are very difficult to pass, even if you're sober, as I understand it. And uh, an arrestor for a DUI, even though when she was taken back to the station and, and blew on the breathalyzer, it was a 0.00. Zero, 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 zero. Now, Allie, as you pointed out, you're 20 years old. So had you actually blown it uh, you know, in, into the breathalyzer and been drunk, it might have been even worse for you. Uh, but it, you, you weren't. And despite that, they still didn't release you. They, you were still charged with a the DUI. They proceeded to put you in a jail cell. And that's right around where we pick up the story. Are you still with us, Allie? Alley in Alabama. Yeah. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you.
8: Okay. Um, yeah. Uh, they actually did not put me in a jail cell. They just held me down. And, you know, there's like the little area behind the desk where uh, the bureaucrats hang out and do paperwork. And then... Um, oh, so you're just like, like, like little... sitting on a
0: bench the whole time or right. something like that?
8: Yeah. There's a, gotcha. there's a benched area where, the, you know, they wanted me to sit and sort of like away from where they don't have to see me. Were you um, cuffed and
0: this whole time, too?
8: No, I, I was not handcuffed after I was um, inside. Um but, you know, I was upset, so I was crying, and I had, um I was actually, you know, pretty pissed off, because I had to work the next day. Actually, you know, I had to be up at, you know, 8 o'clock to be up for work, and mm. it was already, you know, past midnight, and...
0: Oh, yeah. um They don't move so, fast. When, the, when you're inside the police department, no. you might as well block off another five or six hours before you can get out. I mean, it just, right. just depends. Usually, it's very slow.
8: Well, um... So, you know, they make me call a—well, a, you know, I've heard that—well, I well, on the way there, I asked the cop if it was okay if uh, I called someone to come pick me up. And, you know, he's like, oh, sure, yeah, you can call someone as soon as you get there. Mm. Um, of course, that was a lie. The only call yep. that they uh, really allow you is to call the bonds the bondsman.
0: <laughs> wow, um, that's terrible.
8: So I had to—I begged the lady at the front counter who, she, you know, she—I think she felt sort of bad for me at first. She was like— um, you know, she was like saying, you should, you know, they can take you back to your car, you know, at this point, but he just chose not to and I guess that's fine. Um, but yeah, so um, I eventually got her to like try to call some people, but they uh I didn't have my phone at the time. I guess mm-hmm. it was lost in my car, but um but anyway, so uh she got upset with me for crying because I guess she just didn't want to have to listen to it, so um she told me that if i kept crying she was going to put me in a jail cell and that um wow then, such compassion right and um and after you know the bondsman uh after meeting with him and him giving me my papers to give back to her to you know go or to like fill, finish filling out um you know i was getting pretty frustrated because i it's hard when you don't know how long you're going to have to be somewhere against your will sure so um, I tried to sort of make myself a little bit more visible, you know, to sort of hurry her along, you know, so she'd want me to get out as soon as possible. Um, so I sort of stood, uh, sort of where she could see me. Um, and you know, she told me I need to sit down and I said, uh, actually I'd prefer to stand. And she says, well, you're making me feel rushed. And <laughs> I explained her, you know, I actually kind of want you to feel rushed because I want to go home.
0: Yeah. she's getting paid to be there you are losing hours of sleep and you're going to be a wreck for your job the next morning
8: right and of course she tries to like compare you know i explained to her that i had to work in the morning she tried to compare her job to my job as if it's (laughs) the same thing um so uh eventually i i do get let out um she, you know, I, I explained to her when when we were. Um, what time did you what, what
0: time did you get pulled over, and then what time did you get let out of the the holding center?
8: I was pulled over a little bit after ten o'clock, and they actually let me out. By the time I got to my parents' house, it was around three. Wow. Um.
0: About five. So hours. not as
8: not as bad as you know. I know. I know. Like a lot of times, they'll just hold people in jail like indefinitely until they, you know. If they're not cooperating well enough, but I—well, I sure,
0: but they had—you know—they had no real case against you, and so I right. imagine they let you out on uh, what they call PR, personal recognizance.
8: I don't know. They didn't. They didn't. Did they, you have to? Did
0: you money. have to pony up cash?
8: Uh, yeah, to the oh. bondsman. Yeah, I did. How much? Um, seventy-five.
1: Hmm. What about your car? Um, How much did it cost to get your car out of impound?
8: They actually—well, I gave them my keys to park it, so I didn't have to pay for my car to— um,
0: All right, well, that's good. Was the car ransacked when you got to it, or was it okay?
8: It was fine. I uh, I knew that if—you know, I would be able to tell if they had searched it, and from what it looked like, they hadn't searched it. Um, it was just false
0: threat. So what are your but, reflections uh, on all this, Allie?
8: Well, um, we've actually—I've been to the police station a couple times to—you know, with my parents to complain about it. Um,
0: <laughs> How'd that go? They
8: seem— they seem very afraid,
0: the police um, or your parents the police they should they seem be very it's false arrest. very nervous
8: um, My stepfather is uh, <laughs> I think he intimidated them a little bit hes he's threatening a lawsuit mm. um and, you know, I don't know about that. I don't know what the chances are of, like, winning a lawsuit against them. But... It may
0: be difficult to even find a lawyer willing to sue the police department, but I, I hope right. that, uh, that you can somehow pull that off because they wasted a night of your time and you, have not, you will not get compensation for it unless you sue them. Uh, you can file all the complaints you want to and they'll, file, they'll take that and file it in the, the circular file, which, you know, the trash can.
1: And unfortunately you're paying well, for exactly. it and, all, and your neighbors are in their taxes yep. if you do sue and win.
8: Right, exactly. I, I was like, I was saying if I want any money off of them, I would send everyone in Auburn a check. But um, <laughs> I was actually going to ask your advice. Um, they gave me this uh, civil release form to sign, and it basically there's like two sentences about how the charges will be dropped if I sign it, and then there's this whole thing about how, um, you know, I won't sue them and they're not liable <laughs> for anything <laughs> and all this. And so, it's did you really, sign that? I, no, I haven't signed it. You know, I, I went back to the station to take a good look at it today to see. They won't let me take it from the station to have mm-hmm. like a lawyer look over it.
0: Uh-huh. Um, oh, oh, red um, wow. flag, red oh, flag. So slimy.
8: It's very tempting to sign, though, because if the charges are dropped, then, you know, I... Sure, sure.
0: Well, right. So, so this reminds me of uh, what they were doing in Bradenton, Florida for a little while, where they would pull somebody over. And, of course, they're targeting people that don't know their rights. They're not going to target a guy driving a Lexus or somebody that could hire a lawyer. They pu- they would pull people over and they would say, all right, well, uh, you know, we're going to take your car from you here. Uh, oh, we found some pot. Uh, we're going to take a, your car from you. And uh, all we just need you to do is just sign this form. And it basically says that you're going to give us the car and that you won't, you know, sue us and uh, we'll drop the charges. So we won't charge mm-hmm. you with the pop possession. You just give us the car. And people are signing yeah. those things left and right. I'll tell you what. We'll come back, talk a little more about this, what you can possibly do here, uh, because that is a, sl- a really slimy tactic. Yeah. Uh, so more with Ali in a moment. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Would you sign the paper? It's Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Wayne. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the uh, features on the site totally free, so enjoy those on us. The Shrine of Female listeners is one of those features. The dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video show they are indeed listeners of this program. Shrine.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get more information on that, and if you're a lady listener, you can become part of the Shrine at shrine.freetalklive.com, and I uh, would like to extend an invitation to Allie, who is on the lines with us here, because actually it's been too long. It's been a, lo- a little while since we've had a brand new Shriner up at uh, the Shrine of Female Listeners. So Allie, if you get a moment uh, and you feel so inspired, we'd love to have you uh, as our newest addition over there at uh, at the Shrine. So I drop. May do that. Great. We'll drop. <laughs> yeah, drop on by there when you get a chance. You've been telling us a story tonight about your first arrest. And it was not pleasant. Uh, the uh, the cop basically attempted to uh, suggest that you were a DUI, and there was no evidence whatsoever to back that up. Uh, he basically was going on a hunch, and he was wrong. Uh, you took the breathalyzer and ended up with a 0.00. You hadn't been drinking at all that night. Uh, continued to press the DUI charges even after you were presumably exonerated at that point. And they, of course, were running their intimidation game on you and trying to uh, to scare you. And, and they were being rude. And they wasted five hours of your time. And luckily, you didn't have your car impounded. That was maybe the one up, one of the upsides to this. And, of course, the, the charge was still there. They, they presented you with this uh, form that essentially said something to the effect of, uh, yeah, if you sign this form, we'll drop the charge, the DUI charge, which that's a pretty serious charge. We'll drop the charge as long as you agree to not sue us. What, what were some of the other uh, terms of the the contract or the agreement? Um,
8: well, see, the reason I'm so skeptical of it is that it, it basically says, you know, there will be no agreements made outside this form. Basically, if you sign this form, then I'm stuck with it. You know, they they can tell me that, you know, they'll like erase it off my record, but or, you know, all the other stuff I want, you know, I want my money back too, and, um, mm. you know, but as long as, as long as it's on the form, then they have nothing. They owe me nothing besides, you know, dropping the charges. So it just kind of makes me nervous to do. And, you know, also, is it going to is anything, you know, that's just too, too easy for them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I kind of want some, so, a little bit more accountability other than just, you know, you know, they still took up all my time and I, I sure. still almost feel afraid to drive at night now. And, well,
1: if, if, you know. talk, if you talk to a local attorney, they're probably familiar with that form, even if they don't see it uh, firsthand. Mm-hmm. And if you went in, into the police department with an attorney, uh, that would probably help as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Now, we're not lawyers. Uh, this isn't to be, you know, I, I don't, we don't give legal advice, wouldn't even know how to do that. But uh, I sure as hell wouldn't sign that thing. Because you know, you weren't uh, DUI that night. They don't have any evidence. Mm-hmm. And usually, the, the way the cops run their game is they intimidate people. So they intimidate and they're very good at this. They intimidate people into giving up their rights. They intimidate people into signing statements that essentially give up their rights. That's what they're saying here. You're giving up up your right to to sue them in return for them dropping this charge. It's essentially a mini plea bargain, um, and right. and that just basically lets them completely off the hook. And uh, and that's not what you want if you are confident that they you know that they that they have nothing on you. I uh, what I would do is I would go ahead and let them you know go ahead. Let's let's schedule the Can trial date. Work? let's let's yeah. go to court and see what you guys have then and it wouldn't surprise me if they dropped the charges before uh before they actually went to trial mm-hmm.
8: yeah i i hope so um and yeah i mean that would be that'd be the you know i the reason I one of the reasons I wanted to sign it is because I kind of want to avoid going to court Like sure. the, I've never been and the whole process sounds really it's intimidating scary and, yeah. yeah that's
0: what that's what they have going for them Allie is that yeah. you are scared by them and that their process is intimidating and there's no doubt especially when you're all alone uh, and I don't know how many people are going to come out to support you but I was just thinking when you were telling us your story about how the cops wanted to uh, you had a situation where the car was parked in a place where they said it couldn't be so you had to give them the keys which of course led them to possibly search through your car and who knows what they did. Uh, You were concerned about that. It reminded me of something that happened after the show last week. Sean, on Thursday night, left the studio, was, um, was actually pulled over driving home. And uh, not too far away from the studio, he was pulled over. He leaves a pork 411 uh, on this messaging system that we have here for activists. That message went out and people all around the area heard this. And even though he made the mistake of not saying exactly where he was, there are enough people around that one of our uh, activist friends was driving down that very same road at that time, happened to see the police activity, noticed that it was Sean because he'd heard the message. He knew that somebody pulled over Sean somewhere close to the studio. So he pulls in. And then, you know, he radios out to us and then me and Michelle Seven and, uh, and Luther, we all came out and we had like four, four to six activists on the scene, you know, within 10 minutes. So one of wow. us was able to kind of uh, coordinate the tow because this, this car had to be towed because it was suspended. The uh, registration was suspended. But we were able to tow it back to our house rather than the police coming and taking it to a tow yard or something mm-hmm. like that. So that helped out. And of course, we had somebody go and pick Sean up when he was let, uh, let out of the police station. And it made things as bad as the night was for Sean being arrested. it made things easier because he had a support system. He had uh, activists you know in place uh, that could help out so having people with you can can really help when you're in court, even just for even if they don't know what they're doing from a legal aspect it it's just nice to have people there from a, a moral standpoint and a moral support standpoint. So do you think that there would be people that would kind of back you on this besides mom and dad
8: yeah um I, yeah, everyone I've told about this pretty much, like, even people um, who, you know, I'm not super close to have been, you know, really supportive of me, and, you know, they, they can't believe the story either, and, you know, so I think that, uh, you know, uh, I, I could probably get a, round up a few people to come to court with me to support me. Um, yeah. That is actually one of the reasons I'm, you know, New Hampshire's really appealing to me, because there's all this support in case something like this happens. Absolutely.
0: And- well, hey, shop it around hey. to some of the lawyers in town. Take it, take it to them. Tell them your story. They're going to sit and they're going to listen to you for free. I mean, that mm-hmm. that most lawyers will do. Um, and then see if you can find a lawyer that is willing to take this on spec because you don't want to have to pour money into a lawyer to do this if you if right. find a lawyer that's willing to take the case as kind of like a, an unjustified arrest something to where he could turn around and and bring suit against the the county or the city and maybe make some money for himself on the back end that i think would be an ideal situation and even if you can't find a lawyer they're going to try to make you sweat it out and if you in many cases if you wait they will drop the charges. Now, there's never a guarantee. You may end up having to go to court, but what are they going to show? You know, the cop right. had a hunch that you were mm-hmm. that you were on drugs. You got no proof of anything. And I don't my know. Biggest,
8: my biggest fear is that, um, from what I've been told, the uh, judge is like this really, really old guy. Mm-hmm. And I'm afraid that he's, you know, maybe very socially conservative. And Officer Park is going to get up there and say... Oh sorry uh you know, judge he, she was obviously uh intoxicated you know maybe not by alcohol but definitely you know I think she'd had something to smoke tonight that night or you know that 's where you'd want to like talk that. to a
0: lawyer about like finding out what their burden of proof is, what is it that mm-hmm. they what is it that they have to prove in order to move ahead, but your fears are justified I mean these people don 't follow their own rules that 's certainly the case and if you feel like right, it's best,
8: make it 's best right,
0: if you feel like it 's best to just take the hit of the loss of the five hours and and chalk it up as a learning experience, then you know, then maybe you, you do want to sign the, the form and just make it all go away. I think there's something to be said, especially if you're planning a move to New Hampshire, there's something to be said for, just, you know, kind of flying under the radar as much as possible and not sticking your neck out too far. So there's something to be said for that, too. But I think it would behoove you to check. Check with some lawyers in town and see what they have to say about it, because they certainly know the laws better down there, uh, and maybe you'll find
1: one that's willing to help you out on spec. And the judge would know those lawyers, too, and, and the lawyer would know that judge, chances are, as well. Yeah. But if you told him about the dog, that your dog had just died and you were crying before you got pulled over, I think... Uh, you know, if you can really sell that to the judge, I think you'd do fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a 20-year-old girl uh, crying in the courtroom is going to be tough for them to, uh, to convict, I would think. But, uh, Allie, would you let us know what, uh, what transpires here as things continue to sure, develop? Sure, yeah,
8: definitely. And, and thank you guys for letting me share my story. You know, as long as you know people can know about this, I don't feel like it's so much in vain. So thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Allie. Appreciate the call. Let's talk to Marco, listening indicator to WBHP in Alabama. Hey, Marco, you're on Free Talk Live. Marco? Hello. Hey, you're on the air.
5: Hey, uh, man, I'm, I'm actually happen to be a cop, and I actually have happened to have been in Auburn, Alabama. One thing I wish you would have said was if she was at, if it was Auburn PD or Auburn University. I just don't think that Auburn PD, if you call and complain, as big a department as that is, they're going to trash it. Okay, we're mm-hmm. we're not allowed to do that. We answer to the public. I know you can say we stiff arm or whatever, but still. I've had one complaint filed on me. I got called in. I got questioned. It wasn't just trash. I mean, that's stuff's going to happen. That's life. uh Now, if it's Auburn University, you're probably going to have some young guys. They may make some mistakes.
0: What do you think? Do but, you think that's? Do you think she should sign that form, make it go away, or take it to court and see if they got anything?
5: Well, I, you know, I, I don't ever want to second guess another officer, but I would say this: if she says she did nothing wrong, then go to court with it. Just like I tell people when somebody gets a warrant on them, and I have to serve the warrant you know look if you didn't do anything then don't worry about it go to court marco
0: Mm -hmm. i wish we had more time to talk to you man but we are out of it tonight i appreciate the call and the uh the uh, the info and everybody that couldn't get on call us tomorrow night Uh, we had a blast of calls here the very last segment so if you've got to share something call us tomorrow we'll talk to you then in the meantime see you online at freetalklive.com
7: welcome to living healthy naturally with information and advice on how to improve your health and wellness with natural remedies and nutritional healing Here's renowned naturopathic doctor and certified nutritionist, Dr. Lindsey Duncan. In today's go-go world, it's so incredibly easy to consume the wrong kinds of stimulants. And what do these unhealthy stimulants really do for you? They make you feel jittery and nervous. And then at the end of the day, they have a crash effect and then it wears off. We all know that feeling. And then what do we do? We consume more of these unhealthy stimulants. Look, if you want to get off the merry-go-round of stimulants for good, I tell all my clients to make sure they get the proper amount of omega fatty acids and B vitamins in their diet. Omega fatty acids feed your heart and your brain and your body so they function properly and more energetically. A great source of these omega fatty acids is the acai berry, and Genesis Today has created a great tasting juice that contains naturally energizing omega-rich acai with added B vitamins. That this will help you get some of the needed energy support in a healthy and convenient juice. Drink a glass of delicious acai berry juice from Genesis Today, and you'll be getting all the healthy omegas and B vitamins you need to be energized and fit. To learn more about living healthy naturally and acai berry juice, please visit genesistoday.com. Acai berry juice is available in the refrigerated section next to the OJ at all Walmart Sam's Club and Super Target locations.